Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, hey, what's going on, everybody? Davinci? This is the Davinci Eat Sleep Elite podcast. Um, no, we're not, we're not represented by those guys at all. We'd love to be. Imagine they start funding our operation, Davinci. Anyway, <laughs> he's um, fucking awesome. That'd be, some, that'd be some shit. Hey, man, they, they make it in AEW. I mean, it's not like we haven't been fucking tooting the horn. You know what I mean? Like, um, speaking of actually, you know what? I, we had a completely set, but just off the rip. You know what? Bring in what are they called? The sort? What, 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 not Sores. What, what are they called? The something brothers? Uh, whatever they're called. The Davinci brothers. The, Bring those guys Vor- back Voros in. Twins. I liked them. Yeah. The Voros. That's what they call. I almost called them the Soros twins, and I was like, no, wait, that's not right. Um, <laughs> that's not right. That's a conspiracy theory. But anyway. Um, but uh, anyway. So that aside, yeah, no. But this is Eat Sleep Elite, your weekly AW review and breakdown. Now including AW Collision, which we'll talk about in a second, but. Yeah, actually, just side note, bring those guys in, right, Charlie? We, we liked both of those guys. Yeah, fuck it. Doesn't hurt. They, uh, have some fucking DaVinci tagged, anyway. Um, and you could just call them DaVinci. I don't know why you wouldn't, anyway. <laughs> um, DaVinci, anyway. Um, so, yeah, bring in more social media influencers, AEW. What the hell? Anyway, that being said, uh, Charlie, we had Collision debut this week here on AEW. Um, so, I mean, just, like, let's just talk about, yeah. like, first of all, like, because, yeah, like, a lot of times, of- I think you can get caught up in talking about, like, the set and the atmosphere. And one thing I will say right away, the United Center looked fucking packed full of it people. It did. If, and the um, crowd was People were like, eh, it's, and it's not selling well because they don't know if it's going to be punk or not. And it's like, and then, of course, anyone with a brain knew that if CM Punk was announced, that building was going to be, at very least, not if it wasn't full to capacity, it was going to be close. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I believe um, it was around like 10k of so hey they're pulling good they're going back to Chicago on Wednesday so now had they been able to announce that like two weeks out three weeks out whatever the hell I don't know how long out exactly it got announced but like if they were to have hyped it up a little bit more but honestly probably wasn't even probably wasn't a guarantee that it was going to be punked back at all so like it's what it seems like so you know um but just just to talk about the vibe for a second, Charlie, because uh, the energy of this crowd—they were just so. Yeah. I mean, for one, I could just, you could tell they were excited to have CM Punk back, but they were Absolutely. also just excited for a, a new AEW wrestling show. I think I think oh, they were man. ready and, to welcome Collision with like open arms. And and I gotta say, it it felt it, it felt different. It didn't feel like Dynamite. It wasn't presented like Dynamite or Rampage. I mean, even little things like having those red ropes on the side. And oh my god, I mean, let me just get this out of the way now. We're two minutes, three minutes in. Having Kevin Kelly and Nigel McGuinness, I, I had been on here like, almost like, like, pitching a fucking dream job of, if, cause we were talking about two guys and it was, it's like, well, I, I'm assuming maybe some Ring of Honor is going to be in here. So, but now I think we know. I think it's going to be Ian and Nigel when Kevin's not available. So during the G1. He's not going to be there. I think probably two of the Saturdays, right? Maybe even all, maybe even four. 
Yeah, he so might you, he might just be gone for the G1. It so you bring it in. But, I mean, hearing his voice talking AEW, I mean, it just oh, instantly kind of... Dude, it felt like everything... Because oh. we've been, like, fucking perfectly prepping for this, essentially, because I've gotten yeah. used to what Kevin Kelly sounds like on commentary because we covered the entire Super Juniors tournament and we've been covering everything in New Japan since because we've been watching everything with New Japan since. Yes. I don't think we've missed a New Japan show this year at all. No, and, like, and he, is, he is definitely my favorite voice in professional wrestling. And when I, when I tuned, I mean, he was the reason. It just felt right. It yeah. felt correct. You know what I mean? Like. When I first watched New Japan, it was his voice there, you know, a few years back. And I've always just, it's, it feels like wrestling to me. And Nigel McGinnis, we, if you guys have seen our ROH post show, uh, you know, when he, when he debuted, I kind of went into this a little bit, but to me, Nigel was my favorite voice in WWE. Especially yeah, literally, NXT he was the best commentator ever. that NXT had, and he was the yeah. best. He was one of the better ones for because he was briefly on the main roster, I think. Right, like, he was doing the two hundred five um, live stuff, and it was just yeah, like so he was good at every level that he was at over there. And so I was voices, always waiting for him to get his moment over there where he'd get Raw or SmackDown as like the third person on the team. You know what I mean? Yep. It, it turned out it was going to be until AEW when he got his real slot. But you know, like and, um, and with Rampage, they did the fucking four commentators right out of the gate, like. No, we only need that, two. That was brutal. They need we to fix that. We only need two. And you know what? It, it fucking worked. And, you know, there's going to be Honestly, names he's th- this learn. might be an unpopular take. I feel like you could have Excalibur do R- Rampage by himself. I'm I'm not even kidding. Oh, like, yeah. They could just do Excalibur and Taz for both shows, and I'd be fine. Yeah, that'd be cool. But, um, yeah, I mean, and I like it that uh, people have been helping him out on Twitter with uh, certain name pronunciations, which we'll, we'll oh, yeah. talk about a little bit. But uh, he's like, yeah, I had to learn the Andrade one. <laughs> yeah. So it, that was funny. He's like, he's been having a good Yeah, he called him, it. like, I forget what he called him a couple different times. Idolo. Idolo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, um, Ilolo. Yeah. <laughs> so he's in good spirits with it. But, I mean, this is going to be a lot of people's first, um, you know, first time exposure. Yeah. Hearing him. I mean, this is probably the biggest audience he's ever been exposed to. Right. Probably and, like, and not to just jump like straight into collisions. Yeah. We want to talk about it right away. Cause you know, it, it is technically the end of the show, but I mean, he said something during the Wardlow match that resonated so well with me. And what I think it, it's just something that makes him so great. If this is your first time watching tonight, this is who Wardlow is. This is who Luchasaurus is. And the way he presented it, it's like, my God, there's going to be people that this is the first time they've ever seen Wardlow or Luchasaurus. Like, I don't know. It's it's little things like that that it just made me very happy. And then you know, the stage was brilliant. Um uh, everything oh, else yeah. i mean i i'm they picked dasha for it which is cool i i've been i've liked dasha I, uh, and, uh, well, and uh buddy murphy i don't know dude i saw people talking i actually completely missed that i saw people talking about it but um yeah and uh, lexi needs to get it get it out so. of her head dude that's crazy that's the wwe name bro i know i get it she worked there but come on yeah like. so but yeah um what else did you have to think about this before we uh jump into our favorites this week i thought the energy was there i'm I'm curious to see outside of chicago if that energy is going to be maintained um and i mean like i don't know like i you know we don't talk usually about like um uh, unless it's like really drastic one way or the other, we don't really talk about ratings here, but I've been hearing some things recently and I'm just like, it seems yeah. like TV as a whole is down. So I don't think we're going to be able to like, I don't think Collision's going to add new viewers. I don't think Dynamite's going to either. I, I think what we're going to see is a push towards streaming. That's what I think. And I think Collision being another two hour show that AEW produces and also having the other shows, 
I think it, I think it could move. I mean, Ring of Honor obviously has its own streaming service, so you don't have to worry about that going anywhere probably because it's got its own business model, obviously, that must be working. Otherwise, they wouldn't keep doing it, right? Um, must be. Uh, it must be making some money, right? I would think, at least through pay-per-view. I'm sure they'll make a bunch of money at Death Before Dishonor because they've been... I think they've been... And, and this is my speculation. We'll have to see how many people come to Death Before Dishonor. So mark this down in like the back of your heads. Everybody that listens to this pod that's interested in Ring of Honor. Um, let's look at the number for pay-per-view buys for Ring of Honor. We get if we get that number, Tony usually does talk about us, so and we might we might get that number. You know what I mean? Or they might say it on the show actually. Even who how many people are there? Um, and we'll think. Do we think this is bigger? Do, they, do we think this is bigger because of what they've been doing on Honor Club? You know, because that would honestly, I, I know I'm going really long on this point here. That could be the kind of thing that pushes Tony more in a streaming direction if he can prove that you can just do it via streaming. You know, like you don't need to have TV. Yeah. To make a wrestling company work in 2023, but we'll see. That's obviously way down the road. So, but I guess a death before dishonor isn't, but those conversations probably are. Uh, but to, yeah, I, I guess let's just get into um, uh, the rest of everything now, Charlie, because you know we uh, there are a couple of orders of business that I actually just completely skipped over and taken care of, which we usually yeah. do our little talk segment before that anyway. So before before we get going, uh, you can follow us on Twitter. You can follow me uh, at Bane Duke. That's B A N E D U K E. And you can follow Charlie at oh Charlie with an X instead of an A. And you can also follow us at Eat Sleep Elite if you want to join the little wrestling community we're trying to build up over there on Twitter. We get messages and stuff throughout the week occasionally, and uh, you know usually usually if there's something good in there we'll we'll we'll, uh, we'll mention it. Sometimes it's just a little you know it's not always necessarily excuse me not necessarily something you can bring up, but um, we appreciate everyone that interacts and stuff like that over there. And if you have a question that you want us to like answer on the pod, that probably would be the best way to reach out to us. We'd either be like in a DM or a tweeting at us on that account. Be like, yo, here's my question. Answer this on the pod. You know, if you have like a random wrestling question, like who do we think would win in a, in a, a, uh, barbershop brawl between, you know, uh, I don't know, uh, action Andretti and, uh, you know, Ricky Starks or something like that. Like, you know, Ricky like, Starks has a good fate all the time. I'm taking him. No, this is true. <laughs> This is honestly Ricky's hair is on point. This is, this is a, honestly a strong Andretti's hair is like for the curly hair though. He, he makes it work anyway. Yeah. Um, or whatever his hair actually is. I don't even remember. But, uh, anyway, so yeah, th- that being said though, um, you can also, you know, uh, whatever podcast platform you happen to be listening to this on, be that Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, whatever you're listening to this on right now, there should be a little button on that little podcasting where you can follow in or subscribe or, in one way or another, get this podcast in your feed every week so you never miss an episode of ESU or our minis or our reviews of pay-per-views from various companies, AEW, New Japan. Uh, sometimes we'll review a WWE one occasionally. Um, not not too much, though. You know, catch everything, basically. You know, every every little mini episode we release and stuff like that yeah. in your podcast feed every week. Um, and also you can, uh, you can also follow me at Twitch TV slash the Duke of If you want to watch me do some gaming and stuff throughout the week, I've been playing, um, dead space recently. And, uh, I have like a big week of streams planned coming up where I'm going to be like, just like partying on stream all week. It'd be crazy. Um, so, you know, I'll probably talk more about that, um, as we get closer to that. Actually, no, there won't be another podcast. I don't think before then, but now actually there will be on Sunday, but. Or well, whatever day it's on. Yeah, whatever. The point is, I got I got stuff going on on Twitch, all right? There's gonna be some fun. Yeah. So um I was trying to think, is there anything else I need to mention? I think I got everything. I'm trying to think. Yeah, I think that's everything. I think um, I nailed it. All right, GG's. So that'll GG's. take us to our favorites, which it's it's an it's an odd number of the podcast. I wanted to say even, but that's not correct. Um it's an odd number of the pod, so 
that means I'm getting the the uh, favorite here first, which uh, to nobody's surprise is a match from um, from Collision, but it does not feature CM Punk. It's not going to be like how it's been with Orange Cassidy. Like Orange Cassidy might still have that in his in his own way, but I I don't think CM Punk like before is just going to have my favorite segment every week unless he's just cutting like gnarly promos on people. Which maybe you know it's been a while since we had a promo segment that that uh, was one of our favorites. Usually it's a match, but uh, this week it happens to be because we had the return of Andrade El Idolo taking on Buddy Matthews. Uh, sorry, Buddy Murphy. No, wait, no, it is Buddy Matthews. Shit. All right. Anyway. Um, yeah, that being said, though, uh, yeah, Dasha will figure it out. But like, Jesus, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, uh, Andrade looked like he was having a fucking blast during this match, bro. He looked like he was having fun, um, which you love to see. <clears throat> Uh, they had a spot where both of them got looked up by doctors during the break. I don't know. I'm assuming that was planned. I'm assuming. I don't know. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. If, if so, it was a pretty cool spot. It, so it was kind of like, it reminded it me told, of a boxing match, bro. Like yeah. between the rounds, you know what I mean? Like it was told um, so fluently throughout the, the, the story of this match that I think it was uh, planned. I mean, I, I agree. And that's why I think even if it was like, you know, even, yeah, I, I think it was planned. And if, if, if it was planned, that's a cool spot. Like I said, it's like a boxing match where you're like between rounds and everyone's like, oh, are you sure you, I'm not sure if you can go, you know, like, oh, all right, all right, get back in there. Um, there was a cool little spot where Andrade was down on the outside injured and a kid helped him up from the crowd. That was pretty cool. Um, oh, yeah. I, lo- I love stuff like that. Um, they had some woo chance when Andrade first went for the figure four. Which is pretty cool. Then uh, Buddy hit this draping DDT when Andrade was cr- climbing back through the ropes at one point. That just looked like it murdered him. He just killed him with it. It was pretty sick. Um, Ten Andrade hit probably the nastiest back elbow I think I've ever seen anybody hit. Uh, oh and that's God. with, with you know, Jericho's, uh, whatever the hell that thing is called. The, his, like, uh, what is Jericho's move called? I don't even know. But The Judas effect. Yeah, it's like, it's it made the Judas effect look like a, a tap on the shoulder. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it was crazy. Like, uh, <laughs> and then uh, uh, Andrade did lock in the figure four and then bridged it up into the figure eight, which was fucking mm-hmm. cool. It was such a cool spot. little nod to Charlotte. I, I hope that like sort of is like, I know this is, I'm reading way too much into something here, but maybe, maybe just maybe Charlotte will come to AW eventually. I don't know. Probably not, but it could happen. You know? I, yeah. I, I would like it. It'd be cool. It'd be sick. You know what I mean? If we got one of the four horsewomen, that'd be dope. You know what I mean? Um, but either way, um, you know, uh, they treated Andrade like a babyface during this match, which I actually really liked. I'm 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 glad to have him on that role. I'm I'm yes. I'm guessing that means LFI is just Rouge's now because they're definitely still heels, you know. So, um, yeah. um, and that might be for the best, you know. Um, uh, maybe that's maybe that's what uh, what 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 am I trying to say here? That maybe that's what New Japan would rather have since LFI is technically connected to Lij. You know what I mean? Um, so we'll have to see um how that you know what I mean we'll have to see how that plays yeah. out um overall but uh I so just your thoughts on the match and uh as Andrade being treated as a babyface in this match Charlie I thought they put on like just a fucking killer match for, yeah, for Andrade's absolutely. first match back. Um yeah one of the one of the better TV matches of the year. And now that AW Collision's a thing, we'll of course have our AW Collision match of the year at the uh at our year end awards like we do. Last week we added to bring up honor this week we're adding collision. It's only right. Uh, this is match of the year so far for Collision. Uh, <laughs> I'm with you there. Welcome back, Andrade. Chance we're fucking loud. He was feeling him. 
I thought this was really good. We had some uh, just top tier selling, and that's between the the storytelling of the match that they're telling, uh, working each other's previous injury history, the suspense that that added. While we're kind of you know wondering what's going on here, is he actually hurt? You know, at one point we go from just this high energy, high octane offense to every single breath, every single moment counts. Like it feels like they're hitting one big fucking crack on each other after another. Um, Matthews attempted some power bombs at some point and he couldn't, he was just crumbling each time because of how hard he was getting his knee worked. Andrade hit this dragon screw sequence. That was just freaking awesome. And then, like you said, with the figure eight and as well, um, Matthews used the prism trap, which is Rhea Ripley's. So they're each kind of using their, you know, their woman's moves. And, you know, you blend that in and you just get this really like dense layered story of uh, wrestling. I mean, really, that's the best way to put it. Right. So, so many layers to this. I think that's the term I was looking for of everything going on. And we end. There was a let's go doctors chant. That was pretty yep, funny. Let's um, go doctors. And now we end here and I, Andrade needs friends. Give me Andrade Malachi Black, by the way. Fuck yeah. Yeah, that, that match will be fun. Um, Absolutely. But Andrade I needs mean, friends he, here. I mean, LFI, it would make sense if they I mean, come could and help you him. turn LFI back face? I, I mean, think people would want to root for Roosh. And now it's hard after a week ago what they just did to Hook. Now that's going to be hard. So maybe it made sense yeah. not to do it. You might, you might need to have him find some new friend. Maybe he just teams up with like... Ah, they would. I wish they hadn't had such an intense rivalry. Him and the Lucha Bros and Bandito. Well, Bandito wasn't there at the time, but like in the Lucha Bros, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, so I'm, I'm just thinking maybe that's why they weren't there this week because they do want to give it a little bit of time. That could be if they yeah. want to space that out and then have them come back. Like maybe he gets beat up for a couple weeks in a row and then Roosh makes the save. I, Roosh, yeah. people want to cheer for Roosh. People like want to cheer they'll, for they'll Roosh. Pop for Roosh. And and Preston's a good enough looking guy. That the women, will, like some women and some of the men, will get behind him just for how jacked he is. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, it, like, it's an incredible trio. So. But yeah, I mean, I just, I really like this match. And yeah, so that brings us into my favorite, right? And I'm going to be rocking with the opener of AEW Dynamite this week, where we had our world champion MJF take on Adam Cole in an eliminator match, which ended in a 30-minute time limit draw. Um. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, I just got to say this. This, you know, MJF is getting some serious, like, his matches this year are starting to get some serious recognition to his wrestling ability. This is another one. Because I feel comfortable saying, to me, this is Adam Cole's best match in AEW. I, I haven't been on the train of, you, you know, a lot of people think he, he's really gone down since NXT. I... I I don't see that. I don't think his match quality has been as high as it was, but I don't think he's. I think it's hard rest. to say because he's had like five pay per view, even five. I don't even know if he's had five pay per pay per view matches. Yeah, but you know, it just the the whole the cup run and all that shit, and I, I think he's been good, but he hasn't been like you know twenty nineteen Adam Cole potential for fucking best wrestler in the world Adam Cole, and I saw some of that in this. And this made me really happy because, God fucking damn it, I've been waiting to see this. I have been, this is an Adam Cole world title match. And holy shit, man, MJF is just everything he does. 
he's kicking so much ass lately. Um, but yeah, so we go to the time limit draw. We think Adam Cole's about to win. One, two, ding, ding, ding. 30 minute draw. I mean, that is the perfect use of this fucking draw. I, I, we haven't had a draw in almost a year, it feels like. It's, I think the last one might have been must have been uh, against Adam. Uh, sorry, against Adam Page, right? I think so. I think it was Danielson Page. So, yeah, and it, the finish caught me off guard, but it made a lot of sense too. So, Cole, Adam Cole doesn't win, but he doesn't lose, right? Um, I mean, MJF, God, him and Orange Cassidy, it's it's they're just putting on shows and. Made me very happy that we had this match. And I don't use that term lightly, pay-per-view quality, but it definitely was. But, um, yeah, pretty much at, after the match, Adam Cole grabs the mic. He says he wants five more minutes. And MJF bails. And, you know, and then they set up a Forbidden Door match for MJF later in the night, which will be fun to follow. So we'll jump into that when we're talking about Dynamite. But, um, again, the Eddie Guerrero spot as well. Bryce, you know, was too smart for it. Then he, you know, so yeah, I actually have a different opinion about that. that. I I personally think that Bryce um, intentionally fell like the the second time that ended up causing MJF to get hit. I think that was intentional. I think he saw that there was a potential Eddie Guerrero about to happen and he just intentionally (laughs) fell because he hates MJF. (laughs) I love that. I love that. But um, yeah, any other thoughts you had on this, uh, on this match and MJF, uh, we still don't know his ne- well. We do know his next uh, match, but yeah, what would you think? Yeah, no, I, I thought it was a good ending because obviously we can't Adam Cole, we can't have Adam Cole winning here, so it makes the most sense in the world to have him get a draw here. So he could have. We, we know he could have won, but obviously we don't know for a fact because he didn't win. So yeah. Anyway, I, I'm just really excited to see them run it back. Obviously, I think that'll be the next match or the next pay per view. Uh, it's just AEW pure pay per view, I think. But I think for right now, obviously they wanted to have him go up against. Um, somebody from New Japan at this time, which makes sense. Yeah, we'll get uh, some MGF Tanahashi. So, okay, and we'll be getting to the rest of Dynamite as well as Collision here shortly. But first, we got some news that we're going to cover here because we had some news this week, as you'd expect, with uh, Collision happening and other stuff going on. We got some new names backstage. Chris Hero. He's, he is to be backstage at AEW Collision. Uh, he's working right now on a trial basis. And pretty much in... There's no way he's not going to stick around, right? I think so. Yeah, agree. In in March, we covered that he was announced as the new matchmaker for West Coast Pro Wrestling. He does this interview series for High Spots. And, I mean, he goes back a long time with Claudio, Danielson, Samoa Joe, Christopher Daniels, Mark Briscoe, you name it. He's he's part of that era of wrestlers, and he, anytime you get a great mind backstage, Chris Hero back in PAWG question mark down. Anytime you get a great mind like that, I feel like it's a good. It can only help, you know. Oh, he should be a commentator on PWG. Imagine him and freaking and, and X and fucking and also fucking Chucky T, bro. Chucky T. So, um, we then had Jimmy Jacobs. As well, he has joined AEW as a producer. He left Impact Wrestling and has joined AEW. Uh, uh, Meltzer confirmed this, where he had been part of the creative team in Impact Wrestling to join AEW. And, yeah, we've 
you know, it's been known that in recent months, AW has been expanding their creative team ahead of the new two-hour program. Danielson was recently confirmed. Will Washington confirmed. And now uh, Jimmy Jacobs has joined as a producer. So, again, same idea, bringing in more talent. Jimmy Jacobs, you know, known for the uh, the Bullet Club Raw Invasion, where he was a producer for WWE. He went out there, joined him, and they fired him the next night. So, <laughs> he's uh, it's cool that he's now with AEW. Yeah, absolutely. We got to add more people in that know know what they're doing. You know what I mean? Like, I honestly, the more people they add backstage, the more comfortable I get that people are starting to have faith in this company as like viable. You know what yeah. I mean? Because if some of these people that would have probably Either not, you know, I mean, what did Tony Schiavone do for a long time? You know, there was no deal offered. I think I'm speaking out of my ass. But let's say, let's say Schiavone was, I don't know if he was or he wasn't offered a deal, but let's say he wasn't offered a deal by WWE when WCW folded, right? Well, you know, he probably, I I think he just went and did like college football for a while, right? Or did, you know, other things besides that because it just wasn't work. I think the fact that these people that would have left Impact and probably done a similar thing or gone into a different um, television company, you know, completely separate from wrestling. Um, just because there wasn't the work of it. I think it's good that some of these people are choosing to go to AEW. And I think my favorite out of all the ones you just listed is it's gotta be Chris Hero, right? Like Chris Hero, just that's gotta be, that's, can you imagine? I mean, you gotta have Chris Hero, excuse me, agent matches, right? Like, yes. Uh, while we have hirings, we also recently had a firing this week. AEW has fired BJ Whitmer. He had, following some domestic violence, he was arrested. So, you know, Whitmer no longer with the company. Um, yeah, you, you can't uh, commit domestic violence. I'm glad AEW is taking the stance of you're just done. Yeah, you're done. That's that's good. They're not they're not dealing with the shit. Not many people get fired from AEW, and you got to fuck up to have that happen. So, good riddance, I would say. And we also have another signing, but this is a contract uh, talent. And there was some rumblings around January of this, but now Fightful has uh, been talking, and they said a- EG, EJ and Duca has been under contract with AW for some time now. And, yeah, so he he is uh, he's locked in. I'm sure we're going to see him popping up, maybe Ring of Honor, maybe AEW. Who knows? Maybe they'll do like a just a, a fresh rollout where they debut him as a new character. He gets some squash matches, kind of like what they did with Hook. And then, uh, Go from there, right? Do the old classic, yeah, yeah, the old big meat story. Yeah, you know, a fucking huge um, guy. So he's, I mean, by huge, I mean yeah, jacked. I mean, so, well, I mean, you know, I, uh, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm excited, um, for what this guy can do because, like, you know, every time it's a person that, like, I, I know, I, I remember this person. I just cannot remember, remember them, like, because the name just sticks out in my head. I'm like, yeah, I remember that name because the name was unique, and that'll sometimes get it, but like genuinely you have to do something interesting especially on dark like it was and it's not like ring of honor where you might actually get 10 15 minutes to show something you know um dark was always you know like you get 10 minutes most like most of the time at max like you know like yeah and you know now we just gotta like i'm i'm very curious because i i thought there was a chance we could see him with uh swerve's new group and it was him and Willie Mack. Maybe maybe they would get the bump for that. But um, it didn't end up happening. So we're going to see what happens now. Tony Khan has confirmed that Battle of the Belts will continue. And it will live on despite the debut of uh, the new Collision show. So that probably means, you know, long nights after a rampage. 
That'd be my guess. They used to, they were starting to do it during live rampages, but we don't really get those anymore. Bro, what, what, what you'll be able to do, you'll, what you'll be able to do is like, you'll be able to watch both Battle of the Belts and Rampage back to back and then go straight and like game for a few hours, then get up and watch. Because I think, I think Ring of Honor gets posted at like, like midnight. I'm not even kidding. Like, <laughs> so, you just fucking, yeah. so I think you could watch it like, I actually don't know about that. It might be posted like early in the morning, but still, you know, like it's like you could literally just like, there's going to be nonstop AEW content some weeks. There are going to be weeks where it's just insanity. Jim Ross, he kind of issued an apology for the way he sounded on Saturday night's collision. He said, I apologize for the way I sounded tonight. Going to step away and heal. Thanks for your support. He posted a little cowboy emoji. So, yeah, he he was sporting a black eye and his voice was sounding pretty rough. So I think he just needs to, needs to take some time to himself, right? So. Damn, it sounds like he took like a bad fall or something like that and was just like a rough. Yeah. I mean that I mean when you get older that does happen. So yeah, you pretty know. hard. Um we all uh, you know, I we give shit to JR, but we love JR. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's so cool. It's one of those things that happened early on that made AEW legit was JR signing on. You know what I mean? Like I mean, hearing his voice back. Um, Him and Shivani back is just it, it, it added this like Yeah, it's a cool it's a cool vibe back to WCW back in the day, you know what I mean? Which is very much what AEW it's not trying to be WCW, obviously, because WCW failed. You know what I mean? No disrespect to Eric Bischoff, but it did. You know what yeah. I mean? Like um but which I don't think was Eric Bischoff's fault. You know what I mean? I think there was other people involved that just didn't care. I think he's talked about that, right? Like there was other people involved at the top that just didn't understand wrestling like he did. You know what I mean? And weren't willing to listen to him, you know, yeah. which is, I don't know. I, I wasn't there, so I can't say, but I, I trust that guy when he says stuff like that. I only don't believe Eric Bischoff when he talks about AEW. That's the <laughs> only time I don't listen to that guy. But yeah. Um. <clears throat> anyway, I mean like, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know what else uh, to say. I completely lost my train of thought, but yeah, let's move so on. So Bandito, we've been, we've been talking about it, just how fun it's been. And he got hurt. Bandito announced on Facebook that he broke his wrist against Takeshita on Rampage. He needs surgery as soon as possible. And on Monday, he was going in for a second opinion. So more news might pop out in the coming days, but uh, yeah. Hopefully it's not like a long term injury, but if it is, um, maybe that'll give some opportunity to people like Roosh because I think Roosh got a little bit of a backseat because of people like Bandito and uh, Commander. It seems like Commander must be busy in uh, Mexico right now or something, as well as uh, they can go. There must be. I wonder if there's like a big event coming up for AAA or something that would make sense. Um, or no, wait, no, people left contracts and stuff like that, right? Oh, we'll, we'll get to that in the news. I think probably right. That was yeah, last week. Shit. Yeah, Roosh, is, Roosh and Bandito oh, yeah. are done with. That was AAA, last week's news. I forgot. So. Yeah. So yeah, maybe that's why there's less people because people are leaving contracts and Triple A's pissed. Who knows? Yeah. Um, so anyway, um, that's it for the news we got this week. And uh, yeah, now it's gonna start. We're gonna do. We're gonna hit some Ring of Honor results for you, and then we got Dynamite, Rampage, and Collision. What if somebody from Triple A broke? Uh, oh, shit. His no, no, I'm just kidding. But yeah, <laughs> intentionally. And then we'll get our oh. reviews of uh, each AEW show. So that being said, you're taking us. Uh, you're taking the lead here with some Ring of Honor, and we had Honor Club Ring episode sixteen, yeah! episode number sixteen. All right, um, Ring of Honor on Honor Club episode sixteen. We opened the show with a little bit of Matt Seidel backstage with the uh, with the uh, Dasha, I think, or whoever the hell was interviewing him. I don't think it was Lexi. I think it was Dasha, and it was like a little bit like I think he was just like, yeah, I'm gonna 
win the championship. Huh. Yeah. Anyway, um, peace and love and pro wrestling and all that shit. You know what I mean? I'm sure that I, I wasn't really paying attention during the opening of this. I'm going to be honest. Um, <laughs> I kind of like, I'll be honest. Cold there was a lot of wrestling this week. I, yeah, I kind of, I kind of like was in and out attention wise on Ring of Honor by this point. I was a little wrestled out by this point, but, um, <clears throat> We opened up with Matt Seidel taking on Samo Atjo for the Ring of Honor. Uh, oh, sorry, I'm bringing this up for the Ring of Honor Television Championship. Is it the World? Te- Wait, no, the World Television Championship, right? Yes. That's what it's called. I can't. It's the, the, the TV title. Yeah, anyway. Exactly. Um, Is it like a oh God! I just so I just looked at the. So we bring up. So it's a little behind the scenes here. We bring up a little article so that we can kind of track where we are in the show. I have my notes too, but I I uh, I just brought it up just to see what it says here. And <laughs> the first thing it says, Charlie, is this was one of it. This is. This wasn't what it would have been in 2005. <laughs> damn, God damn that's it! That's pretty rough. That's so fuck. It's 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 kind of true though. I mean, it was um, it was a very dominant win for Joe. Um, yeah, I mean, I I you know I I, I yeah I kind of had to agree with with uh, the observer on that one. It wasn't what it could have been in 2005, but um, Joe did his Joe stuff and it was pretty good. Um, you know, he did a little bit of trash talk. Uh, Seidel actually hit a nice Meteora, um, which got a, a near fall, but it wasn't going to win the match, obviously, because they, I think if anyone's going to take the title off Joe right now, it's probably going to be, uh, Mark Briscoe, right? Um, if anybody's even going to, they may just have Joe, uh, break, um, you know, Joe just become the greatest, like, singular, singles champion in Ring of Honor history by, by breaking, uh, Jay Lethal's record. I mean, could you see them have him do, do that? I actually am not sure. I haven't even really thought about it. Do you think that'll it happen? It would be pretty cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm down okay. with it. Yeah. Yeah, he'd have the world title and the TV title, um, longest reign. Maybe he could uh, tag up with somebody, and they go after. Maybe him and maybe Zack Saber drops his title as well, and Zack Saber and him team up and go after the Ring of Honor title, uh, Ring of Honor tag team titles, and see who figure out who the longest tag team title champions are and try and have him beat that. I don't know. That'd be pretty cool. Just make Joe the greatest champion of all time of Ring of Honor. I feel like TK, are you listening? I feel like this is a good idea. Anyway. Tony Khan in a hot tub. No, anyway. Um, <clears throat> I bet he would hang out in a hot tub, wouldn't he? Anyway. Um, we had another match after this one, which was Deimos of the House of Heathens, uh, which I've never heard of, but sounds interesting. Um, with uh, Teal Piper, who I have heard of, because I think she had like a dark match or something, right? Or she was on something, right? I forget what it was. We've yep. seen yep, Teal she's Piper in dark, and I think before. she did a one ring of honor match. I believe you're correct, but I do remember some ring of honor. Um, and he took on Nick Camarado. Um, and uh, like he's like he, this guy is just like big and strong. This is like your big meat man match basically on the show. Um, I I think Damos has potential. I'm interested to see what he does. Um, there wasn't a lot here, but th- it was interesting. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, and speaking of not a lot here, but there was it was interesting. We had the Iron Savages. The fucking dude. This dude gets me so goddamn hyped for matches. I'm sorry. I can't help it. He's fucking awesome. The guy that they have as their manager now. Who the fuck is he again? He's fucking Jack so goddamn. Jameson. Jack Jameson. He's got some energy, man. I don't know. Uh, but they took on Rhett. I, got, Titus I think BTE Space is, is going to help get these guys over. They're, they're new so. characters on they're BTE funny are hell, fucking man. insane. Every time they talk about busting, I'm Dude, just like, God did, damn it. Uh, another one today. Into it. I, I caught BTE this morning. And oh, was, I, I haven't, I haven't seen that they're yet. They're literally I, was, I flipped it on, but I wasn't I mean, it's sure. incredible. It, it, it's good humor. It's, 
it's good. Yeah, they're fun. They're fun. And speaking of, yeah, I mean, and this, they took on a team that I actually do like here in Rhett Titus and Hoss House, Tracy Williams. Um, obviously, they were just taking the L here in terms of uh, Rhett and, and Tracy, but uh, Tracy did his little stuff, you know. Um, by the way, something I noted in my notes here, Ian mentioned all in here. And I like that even though it's probably not going to be a Ring of Honor associated event. Um, I, I do like, uh, Ian mentioning the history of all in here, but he didn't mention that it was a ring of honor event because he probably knows that Tony would want him to think of it as an AEW event now. Yeah. But, um, I like that there's still the connection to that history because it was a ring of honor show. It was ring of honor that had the faith to put in that, put on that show back in the day on, on their, on their uh, platform. You know what I mean? So, I mean, obviously it was Cody Rhodes to put on that show, but you get what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Like. Well, actually, who who all who all was involved? Obviously, Cody and the Bucks, but yeah. Like, anyway, yeah, they, the point is, they say Cody well, and the Bucks. It was it was their uh, their their spawning. It was their idea because like Dave Meltzer bet Cody Rhodes that he couldn't sell out an arena or something like that, or something like something along those lines. No you know independent show could it. hit ten thousand tickets and sell out an arena. Yeah, Dave Meltzer. You know what? I'll give Dave Meltzer a little bit of credit. He's he's a little bit responsible for AEW, but not not as much as he probably would like to imagine. Anyway. Um, I like, I, I, uh, Meltzer anyway. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, um, we, they had, uh, they had that connection there. So I liked that. And, um, there's a big belly to belly on, uh, another big man in, uh, uh, sorry. So I think it was Boulder, you know, beefcake Boulder, whatever his name is. Um, got uh, belly to belly by Rhett Titus. Rhett Titus is a fucking big dude, dude. Honestly, like he was not looking small next to these dudes, nor did, nor did Tracy Williams. This is actually, I hope they actually do something with those two, but right now they're kind of just losing to people. So hopefully that, that gets remedied soon. But uh, the Iron Savages, I think they could be a really great, like low mid card team in Ring of Honor if they let them be. You know what I mean? Yeah. They could be just fun, you know? Have them be the guys that lose to a bunch of people, kind of like how they were before. I don't think they have a problem with that. They loved losing on Dark. So uh, why not have them do it here and have them pick up some wins against some nerds occasionally? You know, not that Red Titus and uh, Tracy are nerds, but at the time, at this time they are. They're not really getting used like that uh the workhorsemen were interviewed backstage and uh, anthony henry was so pissed he wouldn't even talk and then after jd drake talked a little bit he talked so i okay all right anthony <laughs> confusing me a little bit but i respect you know yeah. um uh so yeah they basically they called out so they want they're, so they're building up a match with ftr it seems like between them and the workhorsemen i don't know if that's going to be for the AEW titles or if it's just going to be a ring of honor tag team match what well, i don't know what that's going to be but they're, they're building that up eventually Excuse me. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know where that's going, but I think they're FTR obviously match. on nights that they're not wrestling Collision. They're going to advertise. They're probably them wrestling Ring of Honor. Like, okay, catch FTR tonight on Ring of Honor. On Ring of Stick Honor. Around. Okay, that makes sense. I, I'm yeah. down with that. Um, I'm imagining that they're something they want to do too. I mean, they could have a really good match with the Workhorsemen as well, so I don't have a problem with that. I was just a little confused. I was like, okay, this makes sense that they would want revenge because they did have a little tiff a little bit a little bit ago on Ring of Honor, but. I just thought that might have been a one-off thing. You know, I didn't think it was necessary to necessarily go something, but I'm glad that they are because it's going to be a great match. Um, but they basically they called out uh, Mark Briscoe here because they wanted to do Anthony Henry's words where he wanted to do everything he was dreaming about doing to FTR to Mark Briscoe, <clears throat> uh, which did not work out in his favor. We'll learn later, but you know he he definitely tried. Um, and then we had a match. Uh, we had Diamante taking on Teal Piper here. Um, I like Diamante being treated like a vet. I keep saying that like all the time, but it's because it's good. It's true. Um, 
And uh, I thought Teal Piper looked good like seconds into this match. She hit a body slam right away that I was like, yep, I think this person knows how to wrestle. Um, not that I know anything about wrestling, but I watched this and I was like, okay, I don't have any problem. I have faith now. You know what I mean? You have instantly will have faith in a wrestler when you see them do a couple of moves, Charlie. Like, you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, they're not going to fuck anything up ma- majorly. I, I, I can just tell. W- watch her make a major botch now, but like, I don't think it's going to happen. Um, and she got a win off. Uh, uh, sorry, Diamante got the win off a ref stoppage here, which I also like. Um, they're treating Tia like she's legitimately like going to be like one of those wrestlers, like you know, like one of those uh, Japanese, you know, young boys, uh, if you will. That sounds really weird. One of those young Japanese wrestlers, <laughs> the young, Tia, lines, young lions, yeah, yeah. yeah, the Ichiban Sweet Boys. Shout um, out Ichiban that, Sweet Boy. You know, lose matches, but you can see that they have potential. I think she might do that on Ring of Honor, and I think that'd be a really cool way to build her up because uh, she could end up as like a real star, you know, because it happens in Japan all the time. So why not take a little nod from the Japanese, you know? Anyway. Um, but she looked good. I don't know. I, I thought she looked good here. Um, I, and and I, I'm with added. you 100% in the idea of treating Diamante like the proven vet. It works. I mean, because yeah, she, she is, is, right? Like... All right. Uh, we had Tony East taking on Serpentico, and I kind of tuned out during this match. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> um, cannot blame I was like, you. uh... <laughs> uh davari looks fucking jacked um i hope they find a new uh, a way out of this new gimmick it's not working <laughs> yeah it might be time to hit the restart button and try again yep they, they've done it once already try it again all right athena was backstage with uh kiera hogan looking hair making fun of kiera hogan and uh kiera hogan did not like that so she beat the piss out of her um i'm liking this and yeah we had Notorious Mimi, who I guess must be just in Ring of Honor now because she's shown up a couple times, and uh, as well as so as Miranda Alize. So I like, and it seemed like they were treating her like she's going to be a regular. So I'm glad that we got the Lucha Baddie in the women's division. I hope her, Teal, all these people we've been seeing lately get added. They all certainly seem to be like they'd be good. And, um, and not to jump ahead of what Sky Blue did this week, but if you want proof that it's working, I mean, Sky Blue is the proof. She's taking all these indie bookings. She worked nearly every episode of Dark, worked Ring of Honor, took her opportunities on Dynamite and Rampage. And holy shit, the improvement has come so far in a year. And she was fine a year ago, but now she's turning into a really good wrestler. This might be premature. Alize could be one of those ones that'll make them jump from AEW to, or sorry, from Ring of Honor to AEW's women's division because I think she's got enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I think she's young enough that she still has the and time to not hell of a to be young enough, too, but I think she does. which I thought, oh yeah, she, you know, she looked good here. I'd like to see more from her for sure. Um, and now we have a match that I'll admit, even though I'm really interested in this story, I kind of, I kind of tuned out of this one as well. I was, look, I was, I was, I was gaming a little bit. All right. It's fine. It's, it happens to the best of us. I was, like I said, I was wrestled out by this point. Um, but, um, Dalton Castle and the boys took on the Righteous and Stu Grace. And we had a little bit of underhanded tactics from the uh, Righteous here. Like, I think there was a spot where, um, what the fuck is Dutch? Is that his name? The big ass motherfucker? Yeah. Um, yeah, Dutch, uh, threw somebody like off the ring while they were on the apron, which is technically cheating, I guess. Kind of. I mean, whatever. It's wrestling, you know? Um, <laughs> and Stu didn't seem to care. So I think he's slowly turning heel, which I'm, I'm glad about. I hope it's not like a long term. Oh, the dark order planted a spy. Like, I really hope it's not like that. Yeah, you know what I mean, yeah. um, that'd be kind of lame. I would feel like it would undermine the, the integrity of the story, if you will. Um, Dalton got a little bit of stuff because he always does in their, in their trios losses yeah. here. Um, and they hit him with a triple move of death. Uh, I forget which boy it was, but one of the boys got hit with a triple move of death. It was just basically they lifted him up, all three of them, and then just tossed him down and just let him fall. It was pretty cool. Um, I don't know if that's going to be their finish. If it is, though, it's, it's pretty gnarly. It, you know it was mean? nice um, to see that the boys are back. 
as well, you know? So I don't know. It's, it's, it's a continuation of that storyline and them picking up wins doesn't hurt. And it is a proven talent, right? So yeah, not too, uh, not too shabby, you know? Uh, yeah, uh, we had Athena take on Trish Adore, another one of those recent Ring of Honor women's division ads that's been doing really well. And I actually got some shine on the uh, main shows this week as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget. Who did she take on? AEW, I forget. Yeah, she took on Taya. She had a decent little uh, squash match with Taya, I thought. you know, Taya's just been beating everybody. Taya's doing a John Morrison right now, you know what I mean, where she just wins and she doesn't give you shit. You know what I mean? Like, I like, I respect it, though. You know, That's very much what he does, though, when he's winning. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, anyway. Uh, it's probably why they, why they like each other then, actually, now that I think about it, because they're similar, you know, but anyway, um, and, uh, it was a proving ground match for the women's world title. Um, Athena is like this dark, unstoppable, dark force. I don't know why I wrote dark twice, but she's like this, like dark, you know, like a dark Lord in like a fantasy story. She's like that. She's like an evil, I don't want to say witch. She's like the evil, like the, like the, like she's equivalent of like the dark Lord just as a female. You know what I mean? There's a part of me that wishes... Whatever the, the match we were building towards was this one. Um, because it, I, I do still feel like Trish is very underrated. And in a way, she's still underutilized. She'll get her time. Yeah, she she, she has to be time. one of the next contenders, I um, would think. I I would think. Especially if they get a babyface champion. Yeah, and right? I, I thought this was another, you know, it was like a serviceable good match. And Trish showed her potential. Um, we just got to keep an eye on her for the development, right? That's kind of all we can look for. One, 100%. That's where I'm with you. She's had some time in the indies, so we know she's good. We just need to see what she does while she's like on like a regular show. Even though it's not on TV technically, it's kind of like it's on TV. I, I don't know. I'm, I'd be curious to know what the streaming audience is like, what the size of it is for Ring of Honor. Because that would give people a better idea of like who they're actually wrestling in front of, like how many people. Um, but whatever. Uh, we had Mark Briscoe taking on Anthony Henry, which was set up earlier in the show. Uh, Mark Briscoe has just gotten a really good role of matches lately, Charlie. Um, yes. and Henry is one of my favorite indie wrestlers, so just on paper, this is great. Um, he picks up the win using the J Driller, I believe. Yep. And uh, let me just check my notes. Oh, did I get that right? Nailed it. All right, sweet. I thought so. I th- I, sometimes I remember and sometimes I don't. You know what I mean? Like, it just depends, you know, um, even if I don't write it down. Uh, and uh, he called out Joe again for the TV title. I think that's going to be the guy that takes it off. And like I said, if anybody does, but if not, Joe's breaking the, t- breaking the record, uh, in my opinion. So we had another uh, sort of Tony Khan and Stokely Hathaway segment. Bleh, Stokely Hathaway segment backstage where Tony Khan was like, yo, it's the Ring of Honor board of directors segment. Um, which I mean, hey, why not? I mean, fuck it. Who cares? I mean, how many people actually watch Ring of Honor anyway? Not to be a dick, but you know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, like if they're gonna, if Tony Khan's gonna test out what it's like to be an on air personality, so he yeah, can be the I, GM. I, I, I mean, love he did testing it as the GM yep. one. Didn't he say he was the GM of AEW basically? He calls himself TV the matchmaker. Somebody said yes, that he is the. No, I think it was Shivani, I want to say. Somebody referred to him as the GM. So if he's going to be the on-screen GM, I mean, why not? Tony Khan's like a youngish dude. You yeah. know what I mean? Like he's, I don't know if he's hip, but he's, he's you know, he, he's with it enough. You know, like um, he certainly has the wrestling fans ideas. Like he knows he's in tune with the wrestling community, if you will, uh, for sure. Um, basically, they were talking about uh, the pure rules match where their other, uh, you know, Ring of Honor board of directors member, uh, uh, Jerry Lynn was going to be a judge. This talked about uh, the DKC a little bit. And then they set up a match between Kiera Hogan and Athena with a Chicago street fight. Oh, I, I did actually forget to talk about that at the end. So there was um, a little brawl at the end of the Athena match uh, where Kiera Hogan and her used a trash can lid to beat each other down. Um, I think she was uh, attempting to uh, to do her 
her belt shot spot. And, uh, and uh, obviously the baby face isn't going to let that happen. Um, and so Athena took a nasty fucking shot from that, uh, from that thing too. Yeah. But, uh, I just, yeah. And so they set up that street fight for Chicago. Yeah. So I wanted anyway, uh, just a quick thought I had on the Briscoe and Anthony Henry match. I thought this was a all gas, no filler kind of match. Yeah, I just looked at the time. It was seven minutes. Yeah, I would agree. And it was seven minutes. It was seven minutes. That whole seven fucking, minutes they were doing stuff. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that kind of match works really well in the new Ring of Honor. Even remember last week, Julisco Willie Mack. It was only like eight minutes. No, yeah, it was so, good. But Willie Mack did enough to make Julisco look good, though. So you know what I mean, like. And I just I thought this was mean? another 1, fitting example of that. So I wanted to be sure to to mention that. No, that's good. That's I'm glad you. We can jump around on Ring of Honor a little yeah. bit because it's not, you know, I'm talking about Tony Khan and Stokely Hathaway right now. So it's like, it's not that they just set up a couple matches, I guess, for the Chicago Street Fight. And they also talked about the six man world championship match in the main event with the embassy and Dante Andretti and Darius. I know. I cannot remember. I cannot believe I nailed that tag team of random people off the top of my head. I mean, two of them aren't tagging regularly, but still, you know what I mean? Uh, but the other match that they talked about in that segment, Daniel Garcia took on the DKC in a pure rules match. And for some reason, Charlie, can you can you explain to me why the hell Excalibur and Daddy Magic were on the call here? <laughs> I'm like, so, what the fuck? I'm looking at this thing. It says this match was taped. It looks like June 7th. So would that have been maybe post? I, I don't know. I have no idea. It must have just not had, it must have just been a day that none of the guys that were going to be on Ring of Honor at this time were going to be available for some reason. Yeah. And they decided to book this match because they weren't going to, I, maybe the DKC has got obligations in Japan or something right now because of being a Shibata trainee, but I, I thought the DKC was in like Impact or something or something wild. Like, yeah. He was, uh, uh, a, a dojo, dojo guy, LA dojo. Yeah, no, I know he was with Japan, but I thought like maybe he was like I don't know. I, I, Where I thought he's doing he was his excursion. Doing I have no stuff. idea. Yeah, I have no idea what he was doing, but I'll tell you this: he looked good here, so I'm not. I think I'm this not is the best DKC it. match I've ever seen. Uh, I'm just gonna be honest. Daniel Garcia does that for a lot of people, you know. Um, what do you think of his uh, uh, his sport? He really embraced the sports entertainer stuff here. Who, Daniel yeah. Garcia? I mean, he came out and he hit the dance right yeah. away. So I mean, I was already popping okay. thirty seconds into the segment. Same, so, you know. Same. Um, uh but oh lexi was the ring announcer here i wouldn't actually mind seeing that again she seemed a little nervous but i actually didn't hate her voice as a ring announcer. lexi is very good so i think we're gonna see if lexi can be this multi-talented interviewer ring announcer fuck it throw lexi on commentary see what happens hey they threw remember renee can be aw's renee paquette in the way that she can do everything fuck yeah dude Throw Renee Paquette on a fucking John Moxley match. Why not? Let her just react to all the crazy shit that he's doing. I would love it. Anyway. Um, yeah, we know she can do commentary. Anyway. Um, uh, I do like Dan- I do like uh, Danny picking off uh, Shibata's boys one by one. That's pretty cool. He picked up the one with the Dragon Tamer here. Um, Prince Nana and the Embassy were backstage to talk about the match. Uh, and all I took away from this, Charlie, was uh, the embassy are really cocky, and Toa needs to be fucking locked in a fucking cage. God damn! <laughs> um, Jesus Christ, he's uh, he's gonna have a fucking aneurysm or something. The way he's just <gasps> anyway. Yeah. Um, Sky Blue took on Viva Van. Uh, Viva Van apparently has five championships right now. Yeah. Or at least had, or maybe not right now, but at one time, had five different yeah. championships at the same time. That's 
What the hell? Cool. That's insane. I don't care if they're indie fucking uh, rinky ding champion. Don't, that's still championships. That's crazy. Still, anyway, yeah, you're still getting booked for um, the title. So, and you got to defend all those on a relatively regular basis, I would think. So, like Jesus, but um, yeah, I think she. Uh, God, that's just nuts. I, I can't believe that uh, she had a great sell on the uh, on the skyfall why don't you look up what championships she has i'm get not the curious fsw like, I'm, I women's championship the pcw ultra women's championship and the btw women's champion so she was the pcw ultra two times so and she's had those titles minimally for 318 days <laughs> that's crazy so like i said they're not like super mega championships or anything like that but that's still pretty crazy i mean people got to have faith in you to be doing that i guess yeah. Um. She did a great sell on the Skyfall, and uh, I thought she gave her a pretty good match here. Sky Blue's just on like a uh, on that role of a century of of the century right now. Like in terms of, I don't think she's had a bad match in, like six months. She's improving like, that space, style you know, like, like really fast. Yeah. yeah. And then that takes us to our uh, Ring of Honor on Honor Club our main event. Ar Fox, Darius Martin, and Action Andretti took on the Mogul Embassies Toa Leona. Uh, uh, Bishop Khan and fucking goddamn the greatest wrestler of all time, Brian Cage. Um, Fuck yeah! And <laughs> I mean, we got to start giving the guy at least a little bit of credit. We do, he, we can't, we can't even complain about how he's been in the PWG matches we've seen. Yeah, like no. we haven't seen all. Well, I mean, you probably have, but I haven't seen all of PWG from this last year. But everything we've seen from him, he was, he wasn't the kind. He was good, Brian Cage in it. I can't even say. You know what I mean? Like ugh, anyway. Um, uh, but yeah, no, they, uh, another dominant performance for the embassy here. Um, I think it was, uh, Andretti hit a Canadian destroyer, which was pretty nuts. Um, and the way they camera cut when they got their comeback, like, so there was like three dive spots right in a row and they cut the cameras around individually to the different guys. That was really good. They've done that before with like the Lucha Bros and Bandito and other people, I think, but they, if they do that more often, if they actually get with the camera people and say, Hey, when we're about to do our comeback and once, you know, whoever it was, let's just say it was Andretti here. Cause I can't remember, you know, is hitting a couple of moves. I'm going to have Fox set up on this part of the apron and I'm going to have somebody set up over on this guardrail and jump off or whatever it was. Yeah. You know what I mean? And have a camera on both of those guys. So as soon as the other guy jumps, we can just go spot, spot, spot. It looks really chaotic and unplanned. You know what I mean? Um, like the cameras were just catching the action as it was happening. Like that, that was pretty cool. I like that. Same. Um, it was just a dominant defense here for the Mogul Embassy. Um, I don't know if they're losing those titles anytime soon. <laughs> it doesn't seem like there's really any contenders. Yeah, I don't mind establishing them right as now. like powerhouse champions. It works. Yeah, that's you fair. Uh, Toa needs to be stopped, though. Yeah, uh, it still feels like a caricature than like a you know legit. So I don't know. We'll see what happens with Toa. I'm, I'm li- I like him in the ring though, which I guess is all that matters, right? Um. Yes. So. Now we'll move on to, uh, we got some more Dynamite to talk about. So now it's going to be back to me for some Dynamite and Rampage action. And I'll be right back. I got to take a pint. Yeah, you do that. So pretty much after our opening contest, we jump into this video package. It's highlighting the upcoming return of CM Punk. Punk is training and there are still things left to do. Punk won't know what to do or say until he has a microphone in his hand. And he's got a lot to get off his chest. You know, this, this made me happy to see that uh, he they're getting him a promo package, I guess, or a vignette, if you will. And I was cool with that. I was cool with that. Sammy Guevara returns. Um, 
Renee Piquet pretty much introduced Sammy to the ring. He said in recent weeks he's had the highest of highs with the announcement of his wife, Tamela, being pregnant with a baby girl. So the lowest of lows, losing that AEW title four-way at double or nothing. Guevara said he's going to have to make some changes, but before he can follow up, out comes Darby. He congratulated him on the baby and the announcement. and said the crowd seems to love him again, which inadvertently got a mixed reaction. It's kind of funny. Um, Darby asked uh, Sammy, he's like, you know, you're going to follow in the Jericho Appreciation Society's footsteps. But uh, this time, Chris Jericho interrupts before Sammy could follow, for, before Sammy could uh, get out of response. Jericho's, you know, he goes on to ask Sammy, he's like, why never ask for his help in his quest for his AEW title? Jericho, you know, could have helped him. Sammy's like, he called you. Uh, Guevara then said, you know, had Jericho called him, Jericho wouldn't have lost to Adam Cole. Twice. Jericho demanded an apology. Garcia or uh, Guevara refused. Jericho said maybe they need to reunite the sex gods next week and have a tag match to remind Guevara who the boss truly is. Darby ends up laughing and says the Jericho magic is gone. Jericho was insulted, saying he and Guevara should beat down Allen two on one. Darby's never alone, though. Come on, we know this by now, guys. Sting! It's Sting! Sting's comes out. <laughs> Jericho and Sting. Face off with their baseball bats. Yo, they were actually like legit sounding bats, by the way. They're like pushing them up on each other's fucking chin and stuff. And it you kind of hear the metal. I was like, holy shit. But here's what I gotta say about this. I mean, this is a fun segment. You know, following following the four pillars match, right? We gotta find stuff for our guys to do. We'll jump into Jack Perry's in a minute, which I am excited about. But, you know, following that four pillars match. Some of these guys are, in a way, directionless out of the main event. And we have to fix that. We got to make sure we don't keep our four pillars directionless. And what a better way to do this than put Sammy against Jericho. Jericho's at a point in his career where he's putting everyone over. I still can't believe he lost Adam Cole twice in the same week. Um, Well, technically, he lost to Roderick Strong. He lost to Roderick Strong as well. Yeah. So, I mean, you name it. He's putting everyone over. He's going to put Sammy over, too. Um, oh yeah, he did lose twice because they lost the, they had the mixed tag yeah. match, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, sure. even against Kingston, That's he right. got his win back at one point, but he, he still in the end put Kingston over. Yeah. But Kingston is also the kind of guy that'll put you over. If no, you but put him over. exactly. You know I mean? and, like, and we're just at a point now in Jericho's career where he, why not put Sammy over? You just, you gotta, I know, honestly, Sammy needs this. I, I feel like bro, the, the, all the pillars right now, actually, honestly are getting actually, except for Darby. What do you think Darby's going to do? I don't know. I think Darby's going to have a fun tag match at uh, Forbidden Oregon. Yeah, I think that's um, fun. That's yeah, I think this is fun. And this is the uh, Excalibur made sure to point out that is the only time Jericho and Sting have ever been in the ring together. So that was pretty cool. Now, jumping into the Jungle Boy thing. Video from IWGP champion Sonata is shown. He's issuing an open challenge for an IWGP title match at Forbidden Door. Sonata said it looks forward to seeing the AW roster. We'll answer the challenge. We then know it's Jungle Boy, but we'll jump into Jungle Boy's promo in a minute here. Um, very glad to see Sonata here. And the fact that he's opening singles matches, it, it, that he wants a singles match. If you guys have been following the pod for even a couple weeks or a couple years, you know that I have been pushing for Forbidden Door. The main thing I don't want, and we got a little bit of it last year because my, my main problem with uh, we're all together is there's not a single goddamn singles match. We're now already have 
four for Forbidden Door. I like 1v1s. I'm a simple man. At my core, I like 2v2 tags and 1v1 wrestling. Not nah, trios and, is good. And, trios is great. And, but um and it's just with something like Forbidden Door, I like the idea of one J- one guy from New Japan, one guy from AEW, fucking throw him at the wall and see what happens, you know? Very glad to see Sonata on the show, and as well as MGF, which we'll talk about in a second. But we got a match in between all this. Orange Cassidy, Darby Allen, Sting, and Keith Lee defeated the Mogul Embassy, which result which was a uh, swerve Brian Cage as well as the Gates of Agony, which you were just talking about on Ring of Khan. Yeah, um, this this was the definition of action packed. It was nonstop balls to the wall. Um, just it is watching a car wreck. I mean, this was seven minutes. Of just straight up action. At one point, it almost looked like Sting was hurt, but he bounced back, so we're all good there. Sting still has never lost in AEW. I thought the Mogul Embassy looked fine. Um, Allen had a really cool code red on Strickland that I thought was nice. And yeah, we see Darby Allen, or uh, we see Daniel Garcia watching from backstage while Darby locked in a JML driver by Strickland. Um, at one point, Lee made the hot tag. He's going nuts. He finally gets his hand on Swerve. Um, but then Brian Cage and Keith Lee get a little spot going, which that was cool. I think Keith Lee works really well with these other big guys. Um, and Daniel Garcia apparently just wants every championship right now. He's like, I want yeah. the hero title. I want this title. I want to be all the champions. Yeah, and pretty much our matchup, we end with uh, Keith's launching, Keith Lee's belt collector, Danny Garcia. <laughs> Keith Lee's launching guys onto the floor. Darby Allen hit a coffin drop to the outside. Cage. What if he just what if he just collects all the secondary belts? Becomes the United States champion in New Japan. Uh, dude, becomes- that would be a great gimmick. That would be a great gimmick. And um Oh my god, that'd be awesome. Cassidy hits an orange punch, the Sting second, falls it up with a scorpion death drop collector. for the victory. And yeah, I mean, this was this was just fun. You know, people got to see a sting match live. We got to see the mobile embassy. You know, I have no problem with that. No one, everyone involved looks looks good because of how fucking action packed it was. You know what I would like to see? Give me this match. Give me Daniel Garcia, Swerve Strickland, and like Daddy Magic versus like till we get a little bit of mix of JAS and Mogul Embassy in there, right? Versus like uh, Cassidy, uh, somebody from Japan. I don't know and. Ishii, fuck it, I don't know. Fuck it. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, like Trent Beretta or something. Give me, like, a weird trios match out of this. I'm in. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we jump in. Uh, Renee Paquette is backstage with the guns. She asks about their relationship with Jay White following the finish of the main event last week. The guns were, you know, they're playing, um, they said that they're the best brother tag team in AEW. Then this inadvertently issues a challenge to the Hardys next week. Cool. I think this is fine. I, we don't need the Hardys towards the title picture right now. I, I do want the Hardys versus FTR. Just let's. We need. We, we need. Bro, we need I mean, something matches. that that <laughs> that uh, I don't know if it was on Rampage or if it was on. I think it was on Rampage. Excalibur mentioned later that that statement covers a lot of ground. <laughs> like, let's just talk about that for a second. Yeah. So you're including in that the Lucha Bros, actual brothers, yep. potentially Roosh and Drillistico, yep. right? Um, you're potentially talking about, you know, obviously the young bucks. You're potentially talking about, um, I'm the just Hardys. trying to think who else is this guy. The, the Darius Hardys, and Dante. Obviously. 
Darius and Dante. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of brother tag teams in AEW that I think that this, this state, I would hope, and this is something that is a big hope that I think is a little bit unfounded, Charlie, but in my wildest dreams, this story could work out to be an amazing thing where this statement bites them in the ass for the next six months. I'm down with it because the guns are going to need a direction right now. So. And I would love it if they just slowly like cheat their way to beating every brother team. Whoever beats them could be like, imagine if it is Darius when he finally comes back. Or sorry, when Dante finally comes back and it's him and Darius that beat them and they're the ones that do it. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. So then we jump into, um, we had our TNT championship match. Uh, the one of two that we had this week. It's not too often we get to say that. Um, and we had Wardlow taking on and defeating Jake Hager to retain the TNT title. Um, Hager attacks Wardlow from behind during his entrance. And, you know, he's in control for about 30 seconds. And Wardlow starts dishing out some clotheslines. And, yeah. Pretty much, uh, you know, this match was, it was a little bit of a slower pace. Uh, inadvertently, you know, we, we continue with... This this weird title reign that Wardlow's in, um, you know, you can almost call it the the fucking the cool down of Wardlow. I don't even know, and it doesn't get any better in the next match we'll talk about. But it, uh, I, it's so weird to me, you know. You got Jake Hager, who's this legit fighter. He's this fucking big. He's a legit wrestler, and yet I feel like when we watch him and and I just noticed it here again with Wardlow when we watch these guys together it just feels like it's just a bunch of fucking nothing happening and I don't know why Keith Lee and Brian Cage had 45 seconds in the ring together and yet I bit onto every fucking bounce so it's not just two big guys it's not that's a tale as old as time you your two big guys could be the best match on the fucking card it doesn't have to be flippy dippy doodah you know, but I feel like this was another no win situation with Wardlow's booking. And I mean, I, I, I don't know. I got nothing. I got nothing. I, I was after an incredible first hour of dynamite, you know, this, this was the bathroom break and it's the fucking title match. So I don't know. Um, anything you got the uh, Wardlow hit the power bomb symphony to retain. And, and there's a little promo after we'll talk about, but. Uh, yeah, I had not really anything to add to this. It was just like, what? Exactly. So, um, yeah, I just, I want to see more. And, uh, yeah, pretty much Christian and Luchasaurus cut a promo on the screen and the audio wasn't working, but they end up cutting the Luchasaurus holding the bloody Arn Anderson. Wardlow sprints to the back. Uh, uh, what the fuck is this feud? Uh, the video is shown by the ace of New Japan, Hiroshi Tanahashi, who said as long as MJF is AEW champion, the title won't shine like it should. Tanahashi came very close to beating John Moxley at Forbidden Door last year and issues a challenge to Maxwell Jacob Friedman. Renee then approaches MJF backstage being attended to by a doctor and told him it's official at Forbidden Door. MJF goes, no. He declined. He called Tanahashi a rando from a rinky-dinky indie fed in Japan. MJF said it won't be the first time he's no-show to match Tony Khan is booked for him, telling Tanahashi no yet again. Fuck yes! Give me this match all day, dude. Come on! Give me the Friedman, baby! Add another legend to his title reign, right? I mean, this is a... Le- it, we're, we're hitting some cool ground with this title reign. It's probably gonna... 
Oh yeah, he's beaten some legit people. So and far. we'll jump into Punk's promo here in like forty minutes, but you know, I think that's down the line too. So his title reign keeps getting even crazier. Um, Renee is uh, backstage with Orange Cassidy. She's asking him what the future holds. Cassidy said, "Everyone knows how it works." Someone then walks in and ch- someone walks in and challenges him. Zach Saber Jr. right on cue said, "The idea of a double champion sounds marvelous." Danny Garcia walked in and asked Cassidy where Katsuyori Shibata is. As Cassidy said, Shibata isn't here. But then sets up Cassidy and Shibata versus Saber and Garcia next week. <laughs> Come on! Bro, like, I-, I love the way this was set up. He's like, uh, you know, uh, he will be here next week, though. So uh, how about we do... I like how Cassidy has just been given the power to book matches now. It's awesome. <laughs> you get that little... You get some fucking... You get to go to business for yourself when you're a champion. Like that stupid, empty-headed dumb fuck hangman right no but uh 100 percent. um but yes <laughs> um yeah so i'm down this also inclines to me i think shabbat is going to defend that title on the show i hope i so, think saber's defending so. his title on the show i think they're both going to be singles matches we're now up to six singles matches have they heard us? I mean, that could be the match. I think Zack Saber and him had matches back in the day, didn't they? Like, uh, yeah, I don't know, but um, man, this this or maybe they wanted had... them to. Maybe that was always the idea with Zack Saber. Yeah, was that that was the end game for him because Shibata's, you know, he's a technical wrestler too. He's a wrestler, baby. Uh, we have Tony Storm in her first defense with the new championship, correct? Uh... Yeah, I believe so, and she's defending against Sky Blue. And this was she defeat she defeated Sky Blue to retain the AW Women's Championship. Um, so Soraya was was no was not here. Soho is carrying Soraya on a stick, but we get started here, and Blue is fucking off to the off starting fast. She punted Soho on the apron, dropped Storm with a crossbody for two. She gave Storm a taste of her own medicine. She hit a hip attack to the outside. Um, Tony and Ruby got up and spray they sprayed Sky Blue's mother in the face ringside. Um, Sky Blue followed with a dive to the outside, taking out both Tony and Ruby. Storm regained during the commercial break. We come back. Uh, Sky Blue fired back with a head scissors and a step-up knee, excuse me, into the ropes as a kick to the head sent Tony into the ropes. Storm used a handful of tights to pull Blue to the floor. Soho passed Storm the the spray paint can. Uh, Tony takes out the ref, or uh, Ruby takes out the ref, actually. But then Sky Blue had spray paint of her own. She sprayed Tony in the eyes. She hit the code blue. Bro, she hit the Uno reverse. It was awesome. She hits the code blue to a fucking massive pop. Um, Ruby's distracted the ref enough to pretty much stall the pin attempt. Um, but in turn, she ate a blue thrust kick. Blue charged and was hung over the rapes by Storm. Dropped to the Storm Zero. Tapped out to a Texas Cloverleaf. But post-match, um, Soho and Storm attacked Blue more until Willow Nightingale showed up. And she uh, pretty much scared them all off. And yeah. I thought Sky looked awesome here. Another, this is another uh, give or take around seven minute match that I thought she took advantage of every second. And I, you know, if I have one gripe, maybe a little less commercial time during this match, I, I don't think it was needed. And honestly, I could have done without the entire other match and given this one 20 minutes or fucking 15. So, but that's okay. We didn't have to. Any of the thoughts you had from this? Um, I know we had uh, God Willow. Willow's looking like some serious money lately, and having that title around her waist, it just looks even better. 
right? So, oh yeah, one hundred percent. I think I think her being New Japan Strong Women's Champion is going to like elevate her above way above where she would have been if she was just wrestling on Ring of Honor. Not that she wouldn't have been champion there eventually, but it's obviously I think it's just a bigger deal at this point, you know. Um, but uh yeah it's just cool to see sky get an opportunity like this because we've been fans of sky since day one and i remember thinking it might be pretty cool if she was getting like a title shot like at the, one of the first shots at the champion when new champions were crowned eventually and like we're there now she could genuinely win this title anytime in the future that's basically what this tells us you know so yeah. um but yeah no it was, a, it was a good match i i didn't have a whole bunch written down about this match other than uh sky got the bamboozled done on her by the them cheating heels and the bitches. Uh, Renee is backstage with Hook and Jack Perry, who said the summer of Jungle Hook is in full swing. Jack said he feels naked. There you go. Without the championship gold. So he officially accepts Sonata's IWGP title challenge for Forbidden Door. Renee asked Hook his thoughts. Bro, didn't I throw that out there as like a joke match? I'm not even kidding. Like, I, I, It sounds right. I mean, we were trying to come up with ideas for, for Jungle Boy, so... I think I was just trying to come up with ideas for Sonata, like, because I was like, who do you have Sonata face? I was like, you gotta have one of the young people, yeah. right? Who's really hot right now? Well, we're coming out of the Pillars match, and, and I didn't think Sammy would be the one to get Sonata's match. I don't think he was there yet. I think maybe we, maybe we talked about this just offline or something, but I remember having this conversation. Yeah, he ends up calling Hook his best friend here, which I think is kind of, we gotta keep an eye on that. Remember his last tag partner was his best friend. He asked Perry to be at his corner at Forbidden Door. Um, he asked him to being his corner at Forbidden Door, I should say. Hook gave him the fist bump. Um, either this is going to be a, a good brotherhood or the wheels are going to fall off fast and we're going to get heel Jungle Boy and a legit feud between Jungle Boy and Hook could be awesome for both of their careers. But Hook and Jungle Boy, or I mean, fuck, Sonata and Jungle Boy. You know, I have been enjoying Sonata's title reign and I thought Jungle Boy. His, the four-way match, fantastic. He had the match against Christian Cage, which I thought was brilliant. He sold his ass off for against Roosh. And in what ended up being a really fun match, even though he didn't really do much offense in it. But still, he portrayed an ability of that I enjoyed. Now we go to Sonata, where I don't think he's going to win. So we're going into it already having that against him. And I, I'm excited to see what he does. I got to tell you. How is he going to look in there with the champion of Japan? The IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. How is he going to look? I, I I have high hopes for this. I really do. I'm glad he's getting a singles match. Yeah, I'm with you 100%. I, I really hope he knocks it out of the park. Maybe he gets some dates in Japan, bro. Maybe Japan's good for him, too, because he's not required to fucking cut promos. You know, he does interviews. Oof. You have to do interviews all the time, but... He does great in interviews. I think he can do those because if you have some yeah, guys. This was a great interview here. That, I thought this was fantastic. I th- yeah, I think when he's got guidance from the questions he's asked, I think he does okay. But I don't. I think he just doesn't like cutting promos, and he doesn't like you said he doesn't have to in Japan. He could just he could just be the gaijin heel over there if you wanted. Yeah. Our main event: the Hung Bucks defeated John Moxley, Claudio Castagnoli, and Wheeler Yuta. Holy shit, the last five minutes of this were insane, but they technically weren't a part of the match, so I did pick it as my favorite for that reason. Nah, 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 the counterfeit bucks. The counterfeit! But, um, Danison joins commentary, and, you know, the Young Bucks are dressed up as <laughs> Hangman Page. Uh, pretty much, they all start brawling early. The Elite hit triple super kicks. Uh, Matt laid you out with a powerbomb on the edge of the apron. 
Nick and Paige took out Moxley and Claudio with double dives. Nick hit a springboard face buster to Moxley. Um, he tried to moonsault to the floor, but Claudio caught him with a slam. Matt hit a huge crossbody to the floor, and that took out uh, Moxley and Claudio. But then was dropped by Yuta with a German suplex. Fuck, man, those simple things that Yuta does. It really just catches my eye every time. Moxley hits the King Kong Lariat on Nick, and we jump to commercial. When we jump out, Nick gets a hot tag from uh, Hangman. Danison points something out that could be wrong with Moxley's arm or elbow because he was clutching it. I thought that was a nice little touch from Danielson. Page runs wild on Yuta and Claudio. Yuta ate a buckle bomb, double enziguris. And uh, Matt did his uh, locomotion northern lights on him. And, yeah, he, he did one on Yuta and Moxley for good measure. <laughs> Springboard double stomp by Nick. It was rolled through and ate a Moxley cutter. Moxley and Claudio connected with a doomsday device on Matt. Moxley sank in the rear naked choke. Nick hit a fucking beautiful swanton bomb. It always goes back to the fucking the, the love of the Hardy Boys as a kid, right? It's the Swanton Bomb. Oh, 100%. Dude, I had the Hardy's DVD when I was a kid. <laughs> Claudio no-sold the super kick, just flattened Mac, leading to a rocket launcher attempt by Yuta. Mac got the knees up. Super kick party! Page made the tag. Laid out Yuta with a pop-up power bomb. Bucks hit the BTE trigger. Page finished him off with a buckshot lariat to get the fucking victory. Decisive win. It had to be on you. Though. Hangman had this one sequence of like, I just, I'm just going to call it of cowboy shit where like fucking, he just fucking nonstop was hitting a million things at once. Like, like this man was losing his he mind. He was pulling a Claudio. I mean, literally he was just going nuts. And I, I thought it was beautiful. Speaking of going nuts, some of the people that came out during this segment, my God. Yeah. And I got to say the matches as a whole, this feud is fucking delivering to me so much. I thought the match clicked. Um, I, it it had to be Yuta getting pinned. Yuta's been getting all the big victories. So Hangman, I mean, he took literally the gauntlet of fucking moves on top of a fucking insane match to, to finally get pinned. But post-match. If they were like MLB The Show midi season teams, it'd be the Wayward Sons versus the fucking Wild Things. Wild Things! Post-match, Claudio and Moxley are attacked. They, they attack. Moxley launches Nick over the barricade. Eddie Kingston's music hits. Outruns Eddie. Double leg Claudio. The brawl was on. Yuta was fucking... He he shows... I guess we know what what our death before Dishonor World title Mm -hmm. match is. Yuta was dispatched until Moxley and Kingston had a face-off. The Bucks attacked Moxley. A scuffle happened with Kanosuke Takeshita hitting the ring to attack Kingston. This led to Kenny Omega hitting the ring to brawl with Takeshita. Who was planted with a snapdragon with a bucks and page took out the BCC with triple dives. Red as Omega was about to hit, do a Terminator dive. Will Osprey appears, wipes out Kenny Omega. There's holy shit chance. Osprey clocks Omega with a hood, hidden blade, stands tall. Danielson walks out to the ramp. He's fucking. Bro, Osprey legitimately came out of nowhere. The cameras were like perfect and they didn't I show didn't him catch, until he was I literally in the yeah. ring. He literally came out of nowhere. RKO! No, but, um. Just for good measure, Osprey connected with a Stormbreaker to stand tall. Don Callis is ringside. Danison's at the top of the stage. They're applauding Osprey's actions. That son of a bitch. Os- Bro, Kenny was just like, I'm so confused. Why does everyone want to kill me? <laughs> Osprey got off one more hidden blade before they went off the air. Um, yeah, this last five minutes was fucking incredible. This was one of their one of their nitro endings where everything just it fucking clicks and it leaves you wanting more. And it's something AEW has done so well since the beginning of time. 
literally since their inception, they and they like to end dynamite feel craving you wanting more. It's the Game of Thrones cliffhanger, right? So yeah, I thought this match was awesome. Um, I mean, holy fuck, Eddie's back, you know. But uh, Gascan Eddie. Eddie, any other thoughts you had on this before we jump into Rampage? Um, yeah, no, it's just a, it was a really fun episode of Dynamite. Uh, that match was a great way to end things. I thought uh, the uh, the hug bucks, hug bucks, um, anatomically misnamed tag team. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I thought they looked really good together. I'm, I, this is the first time we've seen Hangman in like a, like actually a little while, like a few weeks, right? Yeah, been a couple weeks. So, I mean, wrestle wise, I mean, we've seen one backstage, obviously, you know, but I mean, the first time we've I seen think him wrestle, since, and this is the first time we've seen Kenny since the match. I think right? since Anarchy in the Arena, it's the first time we've seen uh, seen Hangman. So, no, well, Kenny, yeah. I mean, uh, and Kenny, sure. yeah. yeah, I mean, 100%. he got jumped and he's had backstage stuff, and Eddie since the match with freaking Claudio, I think, right? Yeah, one little random Ring of Honor, you know, thing he did, he made like a jump in and beat up Anthony Henry or something, but that was so random. You remember that? That never. I, I do remember that. I think they needed somebody on that week. I think that was just a random week. They needed somebody, yeah. and everyone knew that Eddie shouldn't be back, but Eddie was also like, hey, eh, fuck it. Um, Yeah, so that means it's time for Rampage, baby. We got the United Empire. It's the show you've all been waiting for. <laughs> Damn it, that was good. We got the United Empire, Will Ospreay, Jeff Cobbert, no, Jeff Cobb, and Kyle Fletcher. Cobbert. Defeating Chaos, Rocky Romero, Chuck Taylor, and Trent Beretta. I like the call of pulling in the big meat and, and Cobbert, by the way. That's a good call. <laughs> um, Pause. <laughs> so I'm waking up at, you know, 7.30 a.m. or It's after our good brother Brady's bachelor party. I'm the only one up. And I'm like, God damn it, I'm watching fucking Rampage. I pulled up Rampage on the TV. Everyone else is sleeping. They're all doing their own thing. I sneak out there. I'm watching some Rampage and drinking some coffee. And when you do that, you open up with this match. Are you kidding me? You want to talk about not being able to take your eyes off the screen? This was a party match right here. Fast-paced opener showcased everyone's ability. And it ended with, of course, the fucking hidden blade for the victory. Um, I like seeing Kyle Fletcher back with his boys. It makes me happy. The United Empire is a very, it has like a warm tug on my heart. So I'll always love seeing them together. And yeah, I mean, you know, everyone looked good. This was this was super fast paced, right? Rapungi Vice got double team offense in. Jeff Cobb's looking like Rapungi the fucking Vice. Olympic goat that he is. Um, Rocky Romero countered a hidden blade at Bro, one point. All right, no, this is what I wrote in my notes about Cobb. Cobbert shows off the meat. So let's leave that as it is for a second. Cobbert showed off the meat, but fucking, um, he also chucked Rocky into the third row on one of his like suplex spots. Like it yes. was nuts. Uh, he really did. And yeah, uh, Rocky at one point countered a hidden blade into a black backslide. Everyone started getting wiped out. And then Osprey ended up uh, getting saved by Fletcher from a sliced bread by Romero. Fletcher hit a tombstone. Osprey hits the hidden blade for the victory. The one, two, three. Very, very fun start to uh, AEW Rampage. It's fucking Will Osprey. What do you expect, right? Lord Willard. Ty Valkyrie. Takes on and defeats Trishador. Pretty fairly quick match um, to showcase kind of our our new our new gimmick that we're doing for Taya, right? Um, but yeah, she's she's showing here the reason why she's bitter at 
kind of Chris Statlander. And we're seeing that in the promos and we're seeing that she believes she did all the work while Chris Statlander came in and got the easy win. And that's a fun, that's a fair story to run, you know? So Statlander stole her thunder in a way. That's it kind of positions Ty Valkyrie as a heel. hundred percent does. I, yes. Which I think is really interesting because you would have thought, especially the way she came in, that she was going to be a baby face. But I like that they chose to go that direction with it because she seems to be leaning into it. And I'm already starting to dig it. So, and but yeah, she, she gets some early strikes. She gets, she pie faces, uh, Trisha Dora. And, uh, yeah, um, she hits some good kicks that I, I had to note this. Jim, Jim Ross called them Idaho esque. I, I, what the fuck? I, that I had mean? no idea. If you guys know, let us know. <laughs> um, I, I had to write. It. I, I was like, what the fuck does he mean? Um, but she hit a sliding German suplex into the ropes. Yeah. And, uh, the hit the spear, the violent stomp down to the head to get the victory. Uh, an, another Trisha Dora, unfortunately, she gets kind of squashed here, but again, how many times do we see Sky Blue lose against wrestlers that were getting a current push, right? And then it, it always, I mean, she just lost to get to Tony yeah. Storm. So I mean, and it always, it'll always turn itself around. You just got to believe. Lexinator's backstage with the Hardys asking about the challenge from the guns on dynamite. Matt officially accepted their challenge for next Wednesday night. The guns will be their stepping stone to becoming AW tag team champions. Jeff said they'll do what the guns father has failed to do. Make them famous. Ooh. Oh, Jeff, ah. calm down, buddy. Hey. Hey, isn't there, um, uh, don't the Cardies have, don't one of the Hardys have, like, a kid that wants to be a wrestler, too? I, I think mean, so. I think shit, Matt has, you know? like, eight heirs, so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Matt Hardy is, like, uh, the, uh, what is it, uh, the Heat, the Heat Slater <laughs> yeah. of, uh, of AW. Is he even under contract anywhere? He I was an impact last time I looked. Um, Aubrey Edwards, Papa Briscoe, and Mark Briscoe defeated Jeff and Karen Jarrett. The match everyone was waiting to lethal. see. Lethal. Um, this match accomplished pretty much exactly what it wanted to, right? <laughs> they saved, you know, our Karen and Aubrey interaction for the end. Papa Briscoe looked like a hound dog. No, nah, bro, I'll I, I say what you want about Papa Briscoe, but, like, he didn't hit the greatest shoulder tackle no. in the world, but, you know, he's not a wrestler, so I don't expect but, him to, but, at least I don't think he is a wrestler, but, like, but Papa Briscoe hit some fucking Shingo fucking pumping bombers, bro, that was nuts. Cheering and, and my, this is what I love about wrestlers. Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal bumped their ass off for Papa Briscoe. You don't want to get beat up by the guy who's running his farm, because that's a that's an angry motherfucker that'll beat your ass. And they bounced like they were doing it. Um, yeah, I I thought it was fine. I mean, look, in terms of the 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 height that a match like this could reach, I think it reached it. Right? No one went out of this looking embarrassed. Um, it wasn't awkward to watch. You know, Aubrey Edwards got her fun stuff in. Papa Briscoe got his fun stuff in. Those are theoretically the two you're concerned about. And Karen Jarrett, she she looked funny getting her ass beat and and you know getting a figure four leg. You know, so yeah, I thought it was fine. Um, yeah, Satnam Singh, <laughs> he had his little funny spots. This wasn't this wasn't a, a wrestling like extraordinaire you know showcase G one climax fucking match, but it was fine. You know. Any other thoughts you had on this other than uh, I'm staying away from Papa Briscoe if I see him in the farm? Yeah, no, Papa Briscoe, again, you get caught by him in a fucking back alley, you're done. But you the know, first time um, he had a shoulder tackle on Jay Lethal, I lost it. I was like, this guy, these guys are having <laughs> too much fun. 
Oh yeah, no. dude. There was a spot where where Jay Lethal was getting put in the corner by Papa Briscoe, and he was just like like smiling because it's like he's actually wrestling right now. This is awesome. You'd be like, he actually had a sequence in there where he was wrestling too. Like Papa Briscoe did wrestle in this match. Like if you don't believe me, like he, he actually did. It was it, he was in there, but it's you know like it's just not a wrestler. Um, but um. But, uh, yeah, I, you know, Aubrey, uh, probably shouldn't wrestle any more matches in AEW, but I'm sure she will. Um, this, but, this was a fun for the crowd, uh, right? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, I guess so. I, I don't know. I didn't really care one way or the other. That's kind of how I felt. I was like, yeah, as long as it's not like awful. Like it could have been, if this was the shits, it would have been the worst thing ever, but like it's not, exactly, so, you know? it, it, it really could have only been fucking downhill. It had no, it had nowhere to go but up, except completely even further down, which was possible. <laughs> yeah, you know, like so. But you know, either way. So um, Lexi Nair, she's backstage with Taya, who said the crowd couldn't get enough for tonight. Taya then goes on to say, "We've heard enough of Chris Statlander, who then walks into the shop. Valkyrie said she'd done all the work to soften up Cargill, and is bitter that Statlander took her spotlight. Statlander said the open challenge is out there, but Valkyrie never officially accepted. And you know." We get our match scheduled for next week. Get that match at another pape, maybe? I don't know. Yeah. Possibly. No, Not I think sure. it's on Dynamite next week. So, Oh, maybe? I, 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 okay. Mark Henry, I he's about to introduce the main event when Don Callis interrupts him with Kenosuke Takeshita. says, much like Kenny Omega, Takeshita only wrestles top-level talent, and he's better than El Santo, Pero Aguayo, and Ultimo Dragon. Omega has beaten a lot of great Mexican wrestlers, but he hasn't beaten El Hijo del Don Callis. Who, call, who calls Takeshita the new god of pro wrestling. <laughs> that left Mark Henry absolutely baffled. I popped at El Hijo del Don Callis. <laughs> the son of Don Callis. Oh my god. I lost it. I lost it. That, that was brilliant. That's his son now. Um, so we go on to our main event. Kenosuke Takeshita taking on Bandito. The first ma- the first half of this was a little bit slower, but it was taking it was you know, Takeshi was showing off his his aggressive streak. But holy shit, when this flipped a switch, it turned into a fucking awesome, awesome main event. The crowd was behind Bandito from the jump, um, made this a close battle. But in the end, it, it's Kenosuke's time. He it was his time to win. Um, yeah, uh, Takeshi, you know, he hit a blue thunder bomb for two. He then went for his home run shot ran into the Bandito Gorilla Press and Frog Splash for a near fall. Uh, Bandito then goes to the corner with Takeshita, who opted for biting Bandito and hitting an avalanche lariat off the top. Takeshita missed the running knee as Bandito hit the Torture Rack GTS. As he tried the 21-plex, Takeshita landed on his feet. Takeshita tries a rolling German, but Bandito lands on his feet. Takeshita wanted the huge powerbomb, but Bandito countered it into a code red for the two. Bandito absolutely spiked Takeshi with the driver until they both threw Larrets until Takeshi hit his jumping knee, blindside forearm, power drive knee for the victory. Hey, this main event was so, so much fun. Two of our bright young talents in AEW, two of our future world champion level talents in AEW. And yeah, I, it's kind of been the story of the year for AEW is matches like you this. You know, Kanosuke is a way bigger guy than I give him credit for sometimes. Like, he made Bandito look small here, who Bandito is not. Like, Bandito's smaller than the average pig guy, but he's still a pretty big guy. You yeah. Know, like. But this main event is is kind of the story of, of AEW this year, and a lot of the younger talent we're pushing. So, it's been really fun, you know? 
Um, I agree. Other than that, any other thoughts you had on this match? Uh, we sadly know Bandito has been injured since. Yeah, that's the only thing that really sucks about it is that he got hurt. Um, there was a really cool spot where they did like that 21-plex German suplex, like countering, landing on their feet thing. That was pretty cool. Um, they both, I mean, Bandito sold a lot in this match, which yeah, I did. thought he actually did a really good job of. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, Kanosuke switching up the offense to be more heel-like is going to be a little bit of getting used to here. Um, yeah, it, it will be, but... You know, he hits those such devastating knees and whatnot that it's just so, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be a nice transition, right? So. Yeah, a hundred percent. Sorry about that. Someone walked into my room literally right in the middle of, the middle of my thought. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, no, I mean, um, yeah, no, I think, I think, uh, I, I wish that Bandita, I, I, I'm almost wondering if Bandita was hurt going into the match or something because like. It just didn't seem like the fullest that it could have been, but it was still a good yeah. match. Um, but you know, maybe they'll have a future match down the road when, when the Kanosuke is world champion or some shit. I don't know. Count me in. <laughs> but um, yeah. So that's it. Normally, we'd stop the show there. Yeah, normally the show would be over, but instead, we'll probably have like another twenty minutes or something. Yeah, like- but that is not the case today because. We have AEW Collision episode number Let's one. Go. CM Punk is back. Um, massive pop for the CM Punk music as soon as it hits. CM Punk comes back out. He's got a fucking bag, Charlie. What the fuck is in the bag? Mm. Um, I think it's uh, Hangman's balls. No, anyway. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Anyway, um, no, 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 no. Anyway, um, so yeah, so he comes out. He's holding a bag, uh, and so first of all, first things first. Um, well, it sounded like I was about to go into like a rap song. First there. things first. Um, the re- <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, fucking the first things first. Though we had Elton John's Saturday Nights All Right as our uh, opening theme, which is different. That's the most like unique, I think, sounding wrestling opening theme I've seen, and I really liked the intro. I think I I'll have to watch it again, but I, I dug the instant vibe of the show. We talked about that earlier a little bit, but um, and then Kevin Kelly and Nigel McGinnis on the call. It's it's really great opportunity for for both guys to show off what they can do as commentators, as main commentators on a show. So I'm really excited to see what they do. Um, and I like the sound that they had. So that's just all that stuff that I said, like it is easily get caught in it. I'm literally getting caught in it right now. But anyway, so CM Punk is back. He's coming down to the ring, uh, grabs a mic. Everybody's losing their shit. Cause CM Punk's back and CM Punk is done being nice. Charlie. He shit. I mean, I, I might as well just go through and see if like all that it says that he said, cause he said a lot of things here. Yeah. He said, he's tired of being nice. He was on the shelf for 10 months with Russia with a ruptured tricep. Talks about how as long as he's here, this would be a professional wrestling business, not a popularity contest. Mm-hmm. Have you told Young Punk? No, it's not Young Punk. It's Young Punker that he'd be selling out buildings <laughs> all around the world. He, he said Punker, bud. Punker, Punker. bud. Anyway, um, <clears throat> Young Punk wouldn't believe you, but he has. And he's gotten here writing the backs of smart and passionate pro wrestling fans. He loves the people because they love him. They love him because he always an apology. I, I'm, I'm not, I, I feel like running through all this is just going to take forever, but he's basically talking about how much he loves fucking all the fans and all yeah. that. Um, and it, it's, it's, he starts saying some stuff that I'm not really that big of a fan of. He says his presence makes people uncomfortable because he is the truth and the truth is painful. Like that's a little bit of pro wrestling there, mm-hmm. but like it started to fuck the elite chance. So I'm like, ah. anyway, but 
Um, yeah, oh, shit, yeah, it's it's gonna um, happen in Chicago, especially. No, I know, yeah. I know. He's got he's got to give him something, but it's also like, come on now, like, um, he says you can love him or hate him, but we all know that we all know he's the truth, and people can call him whatever they want. Oh yeah, he he pointed out. Um, like a sign in the crown that said like Pepsi Phil. Another one said something else or something like that. He pointed out some stuff here. He said he's never going to compromise. Always be himself. And people think that they're owed an apology. People he thinks are owed an apology, and he apologizes. He's sorry that they're softer than the wrestlers that they. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God damn it. Um, he Punk grabbed the bag, saying that the last time he was in the ring, he had uh, what was in the bag raised over his head. Said that it belongs to him, and tell someone can put him or submit pin him or submit him <clears throat> punk grabs his boots from around his neck and says there are people out there who prayed that he would hang them up until someone could fill those boots they belong on his feet and punk believes that with the bag and the boots or sorry so punk leaves with the bag and the boots to a massive reaction so basically he's saying like i'm not going anywhere yeah. and uh also fuck the elite basically it's basically what he went out there and said <sighs> yeah um yes so kind of like what i think everyone would have expected but it was also like you know, like, uh, I don't know. Well, just, just give me your thoughts really quickly. How are you feeling? Because you're a big fan of the elite, Charlie. Yeah, like, how does so, this make and you feel? I'm one fan? of those guys where, you know, I, I don't have this nostalgic connection to CM Punk. I, I have a lot of love for the elite. Um, as I mentioned earlier with New Japan, I mean, that, that's the reason I've got into New Japan. So they have, I have that connection to them. But I really love CM Punk in terms of, what he's brung to AEW. I loved his work last year. That in turn runs down the rabbit hole. What he did in Ring of Honor, shit like that. His title reign for, you know, his, uh, what is it? Three, four, four 34 day title reign, right? The infamous ch- championship reign that he had in WWE. You know, I've always been a CM Punk fan in that, in that essence. So I just want to preface this by saying that this promo, and I'm, I'm wondering if other people are feeling the same. This promo, in a way, it's kind of like, I felt a vibe of him trying to say, you're either with me or you're my enemy. He, he had a little Anakin in him there, which, which kind of teases maybe an upcoming heel turn. I think a lot of this shit was intentional. I think he's going to get booed pretty heavily in some buildings if he's trying to cut this same promo. So that's going to be something we're going to follow. A heel CM Punk makes a lot of sense, by the way. And I love that idea. But, you know, uh, uh, the one, the one Phil bill or one bill Phil in the, in a business of counterfeit bucks, right? So, yeah, I mean, I thought it was a very good promo. I was a little surprised he leaned into it at all. And, and the, the, you know, the, the mark of me, that gives me some optimism that maybe we will run, maybe, you know, maybe we run Phil and Kenny. Well, something else that he also said was like that this kind of shit happens all the time. And that people just basically need to get over it because it's the kind of thing that happens all the time. It's kind of like what he, his vibe was. Yeah. And I don't know if I like, so <laughs> I don't usually agree with, um, with, uh, Brian Alvarez when he has opinions on stuff like this, right? I don't know if you saw this clip, Charlie, but he I talked about this. No. Um, and one of the things he said was, well, you can say that, but there are other people that were involved in that situation that don't see it that way, you know? Um, and so. As far as he's aware of right now, they're not interested in working with him at yeah. all. That's what he said. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
he doesn't know that. I'm saying like as far as he knows, though, that's what he like the speculation that he knows right now. I think is that. I'm not saying that he knows that because he. I'm sort. I'm sure assuming Alvarez knows them as well. You know, I mean, if, if Meltzer does, you know, what I mean, but like doesn't necessarily mean that. But I would imagine he has a relationship with them as well. You know, um, being that the observer seems to. I mean, you know, I mean, I yeah, I I'm I'm a little worried because like I made the comment like last two weeks that it felt like they were like kind of teaming up like the dance of the dragons, like Lords of the Westeros are teaming up on different sides. Like you have like, you know, Lord Dax of house Harwood and fucking, fucking, <laughs> I don't know, probably Sir Darvington yeah. of house Allen, probably on one side. And you know, I just, I, uh, I, I want to say, but, I really hope he doesn't try and, and bang man of Virginia. No, yeah. <laughs> I hope he doesn't try and push the angle of you can only like me or them. You can't like us both. Cause it's like, dude, you gotta remember where you're at a, a little bit. Like, I we can have love for both of you. you. You're not gonna make us fucking choose. You know what I mean? And it, it, I'm I'm hoping that's the heel of the promo there, right? I, I don't think that's actually that's what it him. felt like to me. Like that's what it felt like to me. But I, yeah, I like I said, I could easily be getting worked here. So, oh, and the other thing that, that Alvarez said is that 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 the, specifically the the media scrum was a disaster regardless of anything. Like, even if you take the elite part out of it, if like, say brawl, like, say brawl out doesn't happen, but that still happens. That's still a disaster for AEW. Oh yeah. You know? And, uh, which I agree but, with. I think that's fair. You and know? yeah. So, and speaking on the delivery, I thought his promo was perfectly executed, right? It wasn't too much. It wasn't too little. And he had to, he had to do something, right? We gotta, we gotta hook people in and yeah. So, we got a send hook. No, anyway. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that, that led us into uh, a little video package that hyped up the TNT title match tonight between Wardlow and Luchasaurus, uh, where they showed a little bit of the footage that they managed to get of them actually making the challenge on the previous show that you mentioned. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And oops, scroll. Thank you for like scroll, try to scroll with your mouse and it just like completely obliterates everything. <laughs> of course. Um, right? We had a TNT title match between Luchasaurus and Wardlow. And, uh, Charlie, if you'd have told me the result of this match beforehand, I would have been like, okay, you know, yeah, right, yeah. You know, like, yeah. I don't know, like, I still didn't, um, I don't believe it right now. <laughs> Lutasaurus is your new TNT champion. Um, God, so, so one thing I noticed about this match right away, Charlie, I don't know if you caught this. It felt like the camera was cutting every 15 seconds during this match. Like, I felt like every few, every time somebody would hit a chop or a move, the camera would cut. Okay. I actually didn't And it felt like it calmed down after this match, but I don't know what was (laughs) going on if somebody was like on the video board was doing some fucking meth or something, but like they were just like going camera cut, camera cut, camera cut. It was, it was really difficult for me to not notice. Okay. I don't know why, but I just, I started noticing it. So there was that. Uh, Wardlow uh, showed off uh, the strength a little bit. They did a biting of the thumb spot to reference back to the match with Christian Cage. Um, and uh, they had some good timing on the counter to the choke slam that they did. Um, it wasn't much to this match. Honestly, Luchasaurus looked like he was going to get beat. He got power bombed. Yep. And then, then there was, I, I, what, let, me, let me look at what exactly happened here. Cause like, this was a crazy ending. Like, um, so Wardlow put the straps down, but then Christian hit the distraction. Wardlow then went to hit like the 10 punches in the corner, but Luchasaurus escaped and took the took the referee out. 
Christian grabbed a camera from the ringside photographer and then drilled Wardlow in the head with it, allowing Luchasaurus to hit a lariat on Wardlow on the back of the head and win the match and the title. I never seen someone do that with a camera. Brilliant touch. Yeah, it's pretty cool. They've they've never done that. It's probably just like a stunt camera or something, I assume. I don't know. Um, Maybe it was. Maybe he just fucking hit him in the head. He's like, hit me! You know? But, uh... The, uh, yeah, Christian then grabbed the title and celebrated like it was his win, which I assume is going to lead to a rift with him and Luchasaurus eventually, which needs to happen anyway. Um, cause Luchasaurus needs to be off on his own. It's just a, a monster, I think. I think, would you, would you not agree? Um, yeah. Um, this is another layer of the Luchasaurus Jungle Boy story. So I don't actually have it myself pulled up. Do you have Wardlow's uh, title reign pulled up? I do. I do. Um, um, but okay, so, so what I mean by that is Jack Perry, since his match with Wardlow, has gone on to wrestle all these fucking matches. He's gone for gold. He's done all of this. He's working his ass off, right? Uh-huh. The, net, the, the, the fucking, oh my God, this is so beautiful when you think about it. Luchasaurus, this is his first match since losing to Jack Perry at full gear. And he, and he wins, wins the, the championship. That, that's got to get at, at Jungle Boy a little and, bit. Because Jungle Boy has been trying to win a single Especially in Kayfabe, that's got to eat his fucking character alive. Oh, I mean, this... I, with Christian... See, okay, if they have balls, they will make Jungle Boy do a promo segment next week where they ask him that question. They should. I'd have RJ City ask him it. Yeah. And Christian grabs the title. He's running around with it. He's fucking celebrating. I thought that was a brilliant touch. That was all I liked out of this. Um, Because I don't think Jungle Boy, as as much as I would love it, it'd be awesome. I don't think he's beating Sonata. So that would actually not be a terrible thing for him to go after. Oh, 100%. That could be beautiful. You don't have to have a long... I am... Because Luchasaurus, I mean, a lot of people would want... Uh, jungle boy to win the world title but i think if you put the tnt title on jungle boy he could do some great stuff with that yeah and i am unbelievably happy for luchasaurus oh yeah fucking one of our guys my favorite one of my favorite house i hope he starts doing open challenges and just killing people and christian keeps raising the title that'd be awesome he's so much fun he's you know i have this uh i have the personal connection in the sense of uh in you know when we would cover big brother together he was my favorite competitor on Big Brother his season. He, he was fucking hated by everyone. He was the biggest heel in the house. Everyone fucking hated him. But I liked him. And I watched his wrestling career when he returned. And it was, my God, I never thought he'd be here. He's a fucking singles champion in AEW. Oh, this is awesome. Um, We'll talk about a saddle rate in a second. I just want to mention the match. I thought this was inexcusably bad. The, the fact that this goes down in the wor- as the first match in the history of Collision is a goddamn fucking tragedy. Um, yeah, Wardlow's done to me, I think. I, I, he's three-time champion. This match and the Hager match in the same week, I mean, dude, it's it's unexcusable in my eyes. They were fucking right, well, bad. Wardlow, let your contract run out. Sign sign a deal with WWE and become Braun Breaker's tag team Just, partner. Uh, I don't know. I mean, he, he can be fixed. Don't get me wrong, but this character... This version of him has to die. Even the Christian Cage match, all we really remember from it is the fucking, the swanton off the ladder. Like, the match itself was kind of mid. Um, And that's all his title reign, by the way. Uh, he beats Hobbs uh, on Dynamite April 19th. He at double or nothing May 28th. He defeats Christian Cage in a ladder match. Um, Three weeks, 
Three weeks later on Dynamite, he defeats Hager, and that same week on Collision, he loses it to Luchasaurus. I give that title reign a good F. It was boring. He shouldn't have won it off Hobbs. Um, Hobbs. Sh- yeah, what what a boneheaded decision that was in the yep, short Hobbs term. Hobbs should still like- be our champion. The TNT title unfortunately sinks lower again. I'm not one of those people that bash it every week. Like I'm sure you guys will see on social media, people are like, oh, the TNT title used to be good. The TNT title itself is fine, but they're doing no. They're it was good when Darby. They're not doing it. anything that's, to help themselves. And when you compare what this reign was to our current Orange Cassidy reign with the international title. Again, that's an S-tier title reign compared to an F-tier. And, you know, Powerhouse Hobbs is off on the right footing. He hasn't done jack fucking piss since. And, I I mean, I'm afraid they're going to do the same with Luchasaurus. I'm very happy as the man. I, I like him as a wrestler and as a human. But I'm worried this is going to be awful. And Oh, it could and, be. You know... But hey, at least we opened up a collision That's with why the I'm new champion. Run, run the Jack Perry feud, have Jack Perry take it off. Oh, yeah, GG's. agreed, agreed. You know I mean? So I, I had a little, uh, little, a little hurt feelings about what this match was because I was, I mean, it, it, Kevin's first match he calls on this. Hey, is babe, the shit. first, ma- the first episode of Collision has a title change on it. That's gonna yeah, go down in the history. That'll be cool. Books, you know at least mean? our next match was fucking fantastic. Absolutely. Uh, before that, though, we got to a backstage segment with Lexi Nair, who was backstage with Powerhouse Hobbs and QT Marshall. Uh, Marshall said that Hobbs was here on collision as promised, and it kind of implied that he wasn't actually on the show, which is weird, but he's obviously going to be. I mean, they advertised him with it, but they said whose name was on there first. Took a little dig at CM Punk there, so maybe there's a mm. little Punker feud there, bud, but maybe Punker loses the. Maybe that's Hobbs' first bit of redemption as he takes that that thing uh, from the bag, which was. Wait, wait, wait. We never even speculated. What's in the bag? You think it's the oh, dog it's, collar? It's his championship. I think it's his AEW title. So you think there's gonna yes? Uh, he mentioned something. He mentioned something to Max uh, when when he dropped the mic, and he was like staring at the camera. He said, "Come and get it, Max," or something like that. So okay, it could be so his collar, do but like the way a, it looked. So he's so wait, are we are we going to say CM Punk is still AEW champion technically? I think we're going to run him and him and MJF at uh, All In. I do think that now. Okay, that's I feel fair. comfortable. That, thinking that, that would be that would be a big yeah. match. So that would be that would make sense. Yeah, okay. gotta let it. MJ has to win now. Let me let me just so, say that now. <laughs> well, maybe he can defend it against somebody like Hobbs. So maybe that's a match Hobbs can be okay to lose, even if it's a yeah. redemption story. Which that's basically what this promo segment was about. He's in the next chapter of the book. Hobbs could be about redemption, which I'm excited to see because hopefully we get some Hobbert, some Hobbert, um, and some. No, we're not calling him Hobbert. They already got Hobbert. Uh, some some little bit of hobby going on. You know. <laughs> anyway. <clears throat> Back in the ring, we had the Andrade versus Matthews match. Um, but, 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 but scroll on. And, uh, we had a little Scorpio Sky promo package. So I'm guessing we're going to get a little bit of Scorpio Sky on, uh, on Collision, which I'm happy for because it's been forever since we've seen him. He's been hurt or something like that. So another guy I'm, that was uh, slaughtered by the TNT title. Yeah. Maybe he can get some redemption with that TNT title. Speaking of redemption, we had the Redeemer, Miro, taking on Tony Nese, who had just come out to the ring, tried to get everybody to do like a literally lame segment that I'm just going to ignore because eh, anyway, because um, <laughs> it was on Ring of Honor as well. And we just moved past that. So Miro beat the shit out of Tony. Oh, Nese. Yeah. Um, he did look, I'll admit, Tony Nese does look jacked here. He did, him oh, and, and yeah. Devari have been putting in the work at the gym, but you know, then kind of next to like the slab of meat Miro though, you know, it's a little bit, uh, you know, I, I, I got a uh, little, uh, I, I might have got a little stiffy when Miro's fucking music hey. hit, dude. I forgot how great oh. that theme was. Oh, boom, boom. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, I thought all of uh, Miro's offense looked super clean here. He hit the game over after he hit the Machka kick or whatever the hell it's called in uh, in AEW. Um, and that was it. It was a really quick squash, but Miro looked like a fucking monster. He looked, and I'm, I'm yes, he looked great. All right. We had CM Punk promo package, which I was like, okay, so we're getting three CM Punk segments on this show. Interesting. All right. You know, respect, respect. Um, where he talked a little bit more about, um, you know, like the, the journey back and all that and so on and so forth and blah, 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 blah. It might have been like, honestly, a retread of the stuff that they showed on Dynamite. I have no idea, but they showed it. So I did take it down in my notes. And then we had Sky Blue and Willow Nightingale defeating the outcast Ruby Soho and Tony Storm here, which I, I, I might have had the heels winning here, bro. I might be honest with you, you know, um, but you yeah, know, I, guess I wouldn't have had have the baby face there. winning. I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah, because I mean, but I guess without Soraya there, there's there's a possibility of them not having someone to cheat for them. So I guess there's that. But, you know, uh, anyway, um, you know, uh, they actually mentioned Mercedes name by on commentary here. I don't know if that was just Kevin Kelly going a little too far or maybe it was Nigel, whoever there was that said it. But I'm if if we're getting teases of Mercedes slowly, like we got a little image of her. And now we got their name being mentioned. I don't know if she's coming or not. Yep. But maybe when she comes back from injury, we get some Mercedes. It'd be pretty sick, you know, Um <laughs> I mean, she definitely should probably run it back with Willow for that title at some point, right? I mean, oh, give me what I want. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, we had a little revenge from Sky Blue's mother here. Um, Sky had the hometown crowd super behind her in Chicago, and uh, this is one of Sky's biggest wins. And she did not pin the champion here, but she does have a win over the champion. So Sky Blue could be right back in there. Willow could potentially have a shot at, at Tony Storm here after this. I mean, this opens up some possibilities, Charlie, that I'm I'm really interested in. You know? Same, um, and I thought it was a pretty good match too. I'm up for those possibilities, and my God, the willow hit on ruby to open this fucking match i i actually leaped out of my seat <laughs> i thought ruby might have died um yeah yeah <laughs> hopefully nigel can bring that tradition over from caprice but maybe he doesn't want to because he doesn't want to uh you know do injustice to it but holy that's my favorite pounce yet gotta yeah, say that was pretty good I just, I, I forgot right. to say this about the TNT title reign. 59 day reign for Wardlow, and that rakes him in as the, uh, second, uh, most, uh, he is now the second combined days all time. Darby Allen still holds it for 214. Wardlow's 198 in his three reigns. And Luchasaurus is our 10th, uh, champion for the TNT championship. So, 10th, uh, individual hmm. wrestler champion, 19th reign. But yeah, I, I forgot to mention that, uh, when we were going through it. All right. Um, we had a couple pre-tapes backstage. We had Ricky Starks, um, who also... Oh, something I forgot to add about Hobbs. Hobbs is going to be in the Owen Hart tournament as well. I, that was also mentioned in that segment. Uh, same with uh, Ricky Starks here, who's also putting his name in there. So, I mean, we kind of have to run that match at some point, right? Like, you know, I got like, Ricky winning this tournament. Um, I don't need to see the rest of the fucking card. <laughs> all right, shit. All right, fair enough. Hobbs, Hobbs, Ricky, final. Give me, give me one I want. Fuck it. Put them in separate uh, brackets. <clears throat> we had a Jeff Jarrett pre-tape where he announced that he's signed a concession stand brawl against Mark Briscoe. 46 years to the day of his family promoting the infamous Tupelo concession stand brawl, which if y'all have ever heard me talk about Eddie Kingston, that's one of Eddie Kingston's favorite things is from a tape called Memphis Bloodiest Brawls. And I'm pretty sure this is exactly the thing he was talking about where he talks about a bloody concession stand brawl that happened uh, with like, you know, condiments being sprayed at people and shit. 
Um, he said there's going to be no Karen, no Sanjay, only Jeff kicking Mark Briscoe's ass. So, I mean, shit. I mean, it sounds awesome, you know? Count me in. <laughs> right. I, it's going to be a fun brawl, right? I think he mentioned, like, they didn't, it's been a long time, right? So, I'm down. We had the acclaimed come out on the show to speak and wish a happy Father's Day to Daddy Ass. Um, and, you know, just talk about how they're not down and out in trios just yet. They're still going for those titles. So, and also acclaimed doesn't just mean acclaimed every Wednesday. Sorry, AW doesn't just mean acclaimed every Wednesday. It means acclaimed every weekend now. So I guess they're going to be on both shows then. Um, Kevin Kelly then ran down the card for Dynamite on Wednesday, as well as, you know, Forbidden Door and all that shit and everything that's going to be announced. And, uh, oh, I guess they did announce the Chris Statlander versus TV, TV, versus Style Valkyrie match. Yeah, we also, you know, got that Shibata match confirmed and so on and so forth and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> the main event of the evening, CMFTR taking on Jay White, Juice Robinson, and Samoa Joel. Um, Man, this match was hard hitting, Charlie. God damn. Um, the amount of A list wrestlers in this match is just insane when you just think about that for a second. CM Punk, FTR, Jay White, Juice Robinson, and Samoa Joe. This is like, just like, uh, it's so crazy on paper. This is the match that they decided to bring back everything with. But it's also, it's like the perfect match, so fuck it. Um, I actually liked Punk's gear in this match. Um, I thought, thought it looked good. And Charlie, the energy in the room changed when it was Punk and Samoa Joe in the wow. ring for the first time in God knows how long. Let's talk about that for a second. My Those, God. Uh, Samoa Joe, Dax Harwood, Samoa Joe and Punk, it felt the wheels came off the business. I mean, they, they literally fucking came off the fucking station. I mean, it was some fucking pro. Shuttle Bay was on wrestling. Fire. That was what we call in this business wrestling. Those, those boys were beating the piss out of each other. Dax Harwood dude, Dax had to have ground beef. Dax was so happy to have CM Punk back. Oh, he, he did. looked ecstatic. He did. FGR fucking monster pop as well. Um, yeah, I I loved the exchanges between Joe and Punk and Joe and Dax Harwood. Utterly brilliant stuff. I actually thought the little sequence that uh the juice had with uh with punk I think started with like a Pepsi twist from Punk yeah. and then ended with uh like a bunch of different offense being attempted on Juice. Like Juice actually looked great in this match. He's also still a menace. Like he's just screaming in the cra- craziness. Like <laughs> he's so fun, man. He is so fun. Yeah, I think Jay White at one point yeah. went for a blade runner and punk fucking counters it with a Pepsi twist. <laughs> I, was, I was I was buying into this fucking match. Uh seriously. No, but these th- them boys were were beating the piss out of each other. Has Juice won a match, Charlie, in AEW? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, not in a little bit it feels like, but yes. Oh yeah, he got he got some singles wins. I forgot. I forgot. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, back when AEW Dark was still a thing. Shit. What what a, what a fucking fever dream that feels like now. The and, end and, of an yeah. era, right? Yeah, CM Punk's fucking back, Charlie. Uh, he's going to be on AEW every week again. How are you feeling about this after? I mean, to so the promo, but I mean, you, he delivered in the match. So the, I mean, to how, me, exactly, that that's you? what matters. When we when we all the bullshit, put it all aside, because what I care about is what's happening in that fucking squared circle. You know, that's just me. 
a lot of people, you know, what they love is the story going into that circle. Sure, it's an added bonus for me, but I care about what I see when when you got those six grown men beating the living fuck out of each other, and you got CM Punk getting in there divvying it up with all three of them. He made Jay White look fucking great, and I mean, this to me, God Samoa Joe, I, I, I feel like. He, we just often can't give him enough credit because some of the stuff he's doing sometimes, like, eh, you know, it is what it is. I mean, the Matt Seidel match today example. If that was all we had from Joe this week, it'd just feel like another week where we kind of pass him by. But when when you really dig into the meat and potatoes to Samoa Joe, this is this is what it is. And he fucking deserved to be in that main event. What a great first main event match. Um. A hundred percent. I mean, it's it's the perfect ending to Collision. Just some great wrestling. Collision's going to be a wrestling show. Not that Dynamite isn't already. We're going to exactly. have two different, completely vibe wrestling shows, and it's going to be. And I think Rampage and Ring of Honor are going to be their own unique things. Like we're going to have so much damn good. Our smorgasbord of pro wrestling continues. This week alone, 100%. I think there was like six really, really highly talented matches, and all of them were different. Right? I mean, think about this six man compared to the six man main event of Dynamite. They were both. I mean, think about the women. Yeah, right completely now. different. They just got two major matches on both TV shows this week, but they would probably have gotten one of them, maybe, and maybe it would have been a shorter match than what it ended yeah. up being. Like the the tag match got more time, and that's not something that would have happened if they didn't have another slot that needed to be filled on Collision. So that's great for them. And in terms of singles matches, right? Uh, Bandito Takeshita. Uh, Matthews and Andrade, and then MJF, Adam Cole, all three were excellent, but guess what? They were all different. I just, I love AEW. <laughs> I love AEW. I thought this main event fucking kicked ass. I'm with you 100%. That being said, we got a little bit to talk about for next week. So during Dynamite, they previewed Collision, right? We got the Rampage card on Twitter from Tony. During Collision, they completely previewed Dynamite. So that's going to be our change going forward. I think that that's cool, actually. And yeah, we're going to have an infinite loop of promotion. Yeah, I think now, that that's a really cool. cool touch. And instead of having Kevin Kelly run it all down, they did one-on-one with him and Nigel. Thought that was good. You know what they should do? Fuck it. They should make announcements about fucking... Nah, they really can't do that. They should do... I wish they could somehow do an announcement about what's going to be on Ring of Honor on Rampage or something like that. Yeah. That'd, be, that'd be pretty crazy. Well, no, wait. They have the previous taping from the previous week, so they could, right? Theoretically, they could, yeah. Um. But, so, Wednesday's Dynamite, we got TBS champion Chris Statlander defends against Taya. I think I got Statlander retaining you. You got a surprise victory here? Nah, I, I mean, if Taya Valkyrie won this year, it'd be kind of shitty for Stat, right? Like It'd be surprising. We'd get our third champion really quick, but yeah. Uh, Jeff Jarrett, Mark Briscoe, concession stand brawl. I got Mark Briscoe all day in that one. Chicken! Chris Jericho, Sammy Guevara, Minoru Suzuki versus Action Andretti, Darius Martin, and A.R. Fox. I got less sex gods with Minoru Suzuki picking up the victory, bringing back that trio from last year. That was fun. Yeah, I mean, fuck it. Might as well. And yeah, I agree with you. I think they'll probably, I think they'll probably get the dub. The Hardys versus the Guns. And then Orange Cassidy and Katsuyori Shibata versus Zack Sabre Jr. and Daniel Garcia. That was a match like I would make in, in like fucking WWE Universe mode. <laughs> You know, just have some fun. And then we got a blind eliminator tournament for an AW tag team title shot. Whoa. I have no idea what that's going to be. I don't either. I'm excited to see what happens. Any uh, well, any yeah, surprise well, guess? I mean, it's got to be Bullet Club Gold, right? 
Let's just be honest. Yeah, I would think so. Jay White and I mean, they're 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 literally just having matches with FTR yeah. right now, technically. So, so them I mean, them winning sense. this technical tournament would be kind of fun. But that'll be it for us, guys. Um, uh, the outro is not working, so we're just going to send you out ourselves. And uh, thanks for hanging around. Uh, if you stuck through this whole show, we really appreciate it. This was uh, our first kind of new version of the show in a way, right? You, um, where we got our four our four things are running down. That long dick show. This one's two hours. Is this the longest podcast we've ever done? <laughs> like, I think so. It's getting up there. And so next week, we're going to have our show... What probably oh God with collision on Saturday and Forbidden Door Sunday, we'll probably either do it Saturday night or Sunday morning. So look forward to that, guys, because we got Forbidden Door on Sunday. That's a whole separate yeah. beast. That's gonna be tough. Yeah, we, yeah. We'll have to see. We'll have to that's see. That's gonna be uh, <laughs> that's gonna be an interesting one, and that'll be it for us, guys. Thank you so much for sticking around. Again, eat sleep leads the Twitter at Bane Duke at O Charlie. You know the vibes. Uh, Twitch.tv, the Duke of Derbs, if you want to hang out this week. We'll catch you guys on the flip side.